Hey, Browns fans. This is your chance to join the company of some of the Browns' all-time greats on the first-ever Browns fan cruise. Picture this. For five unforgettable days, you're sailing across the beautiful Caribbean Sea, reliving the Browns' greatest moments, getting autographs, snapping photos, and celebrating on the beach with your favorite Browns alumni, like Josh Cripps, Webster Slaughter, Eric Metcalf, and a dozen others. Book now and take advantage of our easy, budget-friendly payment plans on this once-in-a-lifetime, all-inclusive cruise adventure. The clock's ticking, Browns fans. To book your cabin and for more information, visit brownsfancruise.com or call 216-284-6472 today. Browns Fan Cruise, where diehard fans and Browns alumni come together for the trip of a lifetime. Don't wait. Secure your spot today and go Browns! Sportscast with the Browns resting on an early bye. What's up continues to be down and out again as another week of this Dairy Queen blizzard of a season carries on. With pumpkin spice cheesecake surely on the way, the return of the $230 million man remains a bit more uncertain. One thing that is for certain, this week's opponent is one with talent, potential, and expectations. And if DTR has to take the field again, look out because he'll melt faster than one of them pop-ass kale smoothies and it'll be a long day for our brownies. Did the rest of the team get the R&R they needed? Is this the Browns' first legitimate measuring stick game of the year? Are Kenny Pickett and the Steelers a legitimate threat to the North? And does any of this matter if Deshaun doesn't man up and put the city on his back like he's paid to do? We'll break it all down for you next on the Burning River Sportscast. Um, you know, whether it's you at your own job and someone says, well, you know, red out Ronnie James isn't doing his job right, you're going to instantly get Fuck defensive. <laughs> you're going to get defensive. You don't want to have to hear that shit. Tostitas pizzas, the little round ones. Oh, oh. Ooh, uh, pizza Be- bagels. Bagel pizza yeah. bagels. Yeah, uh-huh. pizza bagels. Uh, <laughs> no. Happy for you that you found uh, Trailer Swift, but like. Trailer Swift. Uh, Old Trailer Swift. <laughs> <laughs> they lost to that mom fucker over there. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Safety uh, off. Yeah. Uh, and Robert Sala gave the game ball to Nathaniel Hackett. Wow. Um, w- what? Did I say something wrong? <laughs> did I say something that was factually I mean, you inaccurate? Just, you just went hard M on him. Russell's washed. Sean Payton is ass. And Russell Payton- Wilson washed Sean Payton's ass? <laughs> That's oh, what's going right. on in Denver? No You heard way. it here first. Welcome into the Burning River Sportscast, presented by Tappan Media and brought to you by the Cleveland Browns Fan Cruise. I'm your host, Kenny Thunder, alongside the hottest ring girl in the business, 362434. He is Red Hot Ronnie Jams. Lest we not forget our tasty, I shouldn't say tasty, our, our trusty board up back in the house this week, bringing alongside the sweetest marrow in the game, the Big Bone Man. Big Bone Man, how sweet is that marrow? Oh, it's sweet. Very, very sweet. That's how I like it. Back to Ronnie. Two questions, true or false? <laughs> bone marrow is your favorite food. True. Nice. <laughs> and where can bone marrow enthusiasts find the most delectable bone gooeys inside of a podcast? They can find our podcast wherever they get their podcasts. I'm talking Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora, Heart Radio Podcast, Castro, Good Pods, and so many more. I like when you call them Tasty Bone. <laughs> <laughs> 
That was for sure uh, autocorrect. Uh, it, <laughs> and don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, the only place that you can find our video podcast. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Our handles for all of those, including uh, YouTube, is at Burning River Sportscast. And we are on X, the artist formerly known as Twitter as well, with the handle at Burning River Pod. And while you're at it, check out our merch, www.thetappinmedia.com backslash shop. We've got shoes, hats, mugs, mouse pads, shirts, shorts, flags, phone cases, and so much more. Uh, make sure you check all of that out and buy something. Buy it. If you want. Don't uh, just buy it. We're always releasing new stuff. Christmas so just, is just, coming. Just keep checking back. Yeah, Christmas is coming. Good gifts. Good gifts. Um, but listen, we've got another monster show for you today. Monster mash. Uh, to get you back into the swing of things as we come out of the bye. Uh, today we have an interview with the Bay Area Browns backers. We've also got an interview with another Browns alumni that will be joining us on the Cleveland Browns fan cruise in the second half of the show. Today's guest... Hell yes. Kevin Mack. Hell yes. And finally, we have the week six preview of the game against the San Francisco 49ers. It's going to be a good one, so strap in. But for now, it's time for the Burning River News Story of the The Week. week. (laughs) You okay over there? No. The break time. Quick wardrobe change. <laughs> you go. You just carry on. <laughs> All right. So there was a pumpkin out in California this week that weighed in at 2,749 pounds. It won whatever contest was going out there, going on out there in California, and it set a world record for the world's biggest gourd. That's a lot of gourd. That's a lot of gourd. Um, it's an enormous, lumpy orange pumpkin that can produce at least 687 pies. That's a lot of pie, my friends. Yes. Uh, you could probably eat them all. Uh, maybe 685. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, that's your limit. That's, that's where I tap out. Tap in, <laughs> tap out. Um, the previous record for a gourd was 2,702 pounds set by a squash in 2021 in Italy. That's a big squash. Yeah. Uh, pumpkin, much more delicious. I don't even know how to play squash. Nobody knows. Um, but the dude in California that grew this pumpkin, uh, it turns out he grows gourds in his yard, watering them up to 12 times a day for extra care. That's all it takes. So, if you want to be in the world record book, just water your plants. That's it. You just water your plant. <laughs> you, you, you get so excited, you wet your plants. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, he did win $30,000 for, for his efforts. It's not a bad payday for growing a gourd. How long did he have to grow that gourd? I bet water in California, though, is expensive given all the droughts and wildfires. Fi- so, he, it was wildfires. basically a, an even trade $30,000 in water, $30,000 in pumpkin winnings. <laughs> All right, so that'll take us to the week five recap. <coughs> ah, you're right, my friend. There was no week five recap. Why? Because we were on by. Uh, so, in other Browns news this week, uh, the back and forth regarding Deshaun Watson and his injury continues between Watson, Barry, and Stefanik. Uh, this whole thing is just starting to look worse and worse. Uh, and, and it's especially bad now because we're recording on Monday. 
We always record on Monday, release on Thursdays. We're recording on Monday, and Deshaun Watson didn't practice today. So coming out of the bye, Deshaun Watson doesn't practice. <clears throat> After they went back and forth on, was he medically cleared? Uh, what does medically cleared even mean, which we'll get to in a second. Um, and then also everybody kind of downplaying it and saying, it's no big deal. He'll be fine. But here we are. He had a full week to recover, and he is sitting the first practice coming out of the bye. So what are your thoughts on this? Case? I just don't think any of us – thought for a second that this would even be a question coming out of the bye. Um, no. The pot- way they were talking, he, they were like, it's not a big deal. He potentially could have played last week, in the last game, two weeks ago. So yeah. Um, yeah, at this point, you would have thought, okay, is, unless this was way more serious than we were ever led on to believe. Um, it's bizarre, too, because this front office has a history track record since they took over at, at managing – the messaging coming out of Berea much more closely than like the Dorsey administration did. Yep. Um, and even orgs uh, before that. So the fact that they can't get this one right when it's your, your, the focal point of your entire franchise uh, is very concerning. I don't know what the hell's going on to be quite honest. All I know is that like you paid this guy $230 million. You got to get him back on, you got to get him back on the field. Um, well, this whole, thing, this whole thing this week was Stefanik trying to somewhat recant and say, well, yeah, I, I said he was medically cleared, but medically cleared and able to perform are two completely different things. Blah, Somebody blah, should have told blah, that blah, to blah, Baker blah. Mayfield then. So what it sounds to me like, though, is, is, yes, you're correct there, but what it sounds to me like is a couple things here, right? So, one, we talked last week about Barry and <clears throat> Stefanik uh, kind of – posturing to see you know you know when this whole thing goes bad who are we pinning this on um so i i do think there is a lot of bad stuff happening behind the scenes in cleveland between stefanik and barry uh that you know we're not really privy to we're kind of starting to see it spill over a little bit right now but um i believe that stefanski uh, taking a shot at watson by saying he was medically clear- cleared and it was his choice um i think that indicates um, that he's trying to himself, like, say, hey, you know, if this goes bad, this wasn't my fault. There's $230 million quarterback that's he decided not to play. Um, and in turn, I believe Watson now is is firmly in the Barry camp, and he's like, this guy brought me in. This guy can't coach, well, whatever. And then there was another report this weekend that there were players on the team that were frustrated that Deshaun didn't play in the last game. So True. There were those a part reports. of that could be Stefanski standing up for his own team, um, saying, hey, I, I don't know why he didn't play either. Um you know, he's still got to keep that locker room together as best he can. Yeah, and I, I think no matter which way you look <clears throat> at it, like I said, there's so many different sides to this story. There's Stefanik potentially, uh, and again, I'll remind everybody, we call him Stefanik because we have no respect for him because his play calling sucks ass. So until he figures things out, he's Stefanik until further notice. Until further not, notice. Stef- not Stefanski. So um, we know his name. We choose not to use it. Um, Stefanik, though, uh, whether he's sticking up for his team. Well, Stefanik just has a nice ring to it. Yeah. Stefanik sticking up for his team, the team being disappointed in Watson, Watson seeming to be in Barry's corner, Barry and Stefanik fighting. Like, any way you look at this, if you read between the lines, it just points to a lot of bad shit happening behind the scenes. And that's just something in general that you don't want to have to do with your favorite football team. You just have to read between the lines. <laughs> no. Anytime you're in that situation, there's something bad going on. To your point, it's been the one thing that we've been able to kind of hang our hat on. It's like, yeah, we kind of know what's going on at all times. They're, they all provide a, or at least seemingly we're on a united front yeah. and, and uh, presenting the same thing to fans, but not anymore. Not now. Um, well, and, and, and the thing is, is, 
when things whenever when you're winning things are going great nobody cares when you're losing and things aren't going great there's fingers pointed everywhere so nobody wants a finger pointed at them um you know whether it's you at your own job and someone says well, you know red hot ronnie james isn't doing his job right you're gonna instantly well, get defensive <laughs> you're gonna get defensive you don't want to have to hear that shit um so i think it's you know it's the same politics right here playing out in front of us the problem is there's just too much to at stake for that you know it's it's one thing to have office politics in our lives but but this is a, a Browns team that had expectations this year to come out and compete for an, an AFC North title. Oh, yeah. Bone, Bone, was it you? You're saying I'm not doing my job? <laughs> it, I, uh, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I agree with you. It's just, it's just ridiculous that we have to even talk about these things. Um, and, and here's the thing that we, you know, we didn't talk about before is – before the season, like not even before this season, before Deshaun Watson came to Cleveland, do you remember everybody talking about he's coming here because he wants to play with Stefanski? He wants to play in Kevin Stefanski's offense. Kevin Stefanski is a quarterback guru. Well, all of a sudden, that seems like it's pretty damn false, and it turns out he really did only want his $230 million guaranteed, uh, and he could care less about Kevin <clears throat> Stefanik. Well, there's a new tentacle because um, you're actually 100% right that, you know, when this news story broke that Deshaun was going to be traded and it was real, um, we weren't on the short list of Deshaun's teams no, that we wanted to go to. No, uh, he was going to Atlanta. Um, and no, in fact, we were we we were in the like like last four, and then we were one of the first ones. We cut were the out. first one eliminated until we guaranteed yep. the contract. So. Yep. I mean, this could have very easily been a desperate Deshaun in a situation where he didn't know what was going to happen with 22 pending uh, civil lawsuits saying, these guys are giving me the most guaranteed money. Let me get out of this stage of my life and know I at least have this taken care of, and then I'll worry about football again. And that's really concerning because it's possible he may not even want to play here. This could be the start of Deshaun pulling an OBJ trying to get himself out of here. That's true. I, and I and I don't. None of us know because none of us is in the building in Berea. Um, but with all that being said, you know what cures all in the NFL? Mac and cheese. <laughs> uh, I mean, Tostitos pizzas, the little round ones. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, uh, pizza bagels, pizza bagels, pizza bagels. No, winning, winning cures all in the NFL. And so, if they can find a way to turn this all around. Uh, then none of us will be talking about this in a couple months, and hopefully good things will be happening, and they're winning, and it's just, it doesn't matter. Browns is the Browns. Yeah, we'll see. So, um, but speaking of injuries, you know, we talked about Deshaun's injury, or lack of injury, or whatever's going on with him. <laughs> um, also on the injury front here, uh, you thought we were thin on the offensive line, right? Those are pretty heavy guys. And I mean, like thin, like as in we were, we were, I hate you. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> They're all over 300 pounds. Depth was not good on the offensive line with all the injuries so far. Oh, sure. I'd give you that. Yeah. So uh, Joe Batonio, our Pro Bowl uh, uh, offensive lineman, was seen leaving the team facility last week on crutches with an unspecified injury. Um, so there's that. Don't know if he's going to play this week or not. And no one's even talking about that. So I don't, I don't even know. Mary, uh, I won't say her name. The the beat reporter for the Browns reported that earlier today. No, I mean that, that, I'm just saying like it hasn't been even blown up to the Deshaun point yet. Like we probably well, it's because everybody's talking so, about Deshaun. Nobody's ma- talking about the fact that we literally lost another uh, Pro Bowl lineman to protect him. The mainstream news may not even pick that up until game day. 
Yeah. Um, And then speaking of offensive linemen, the Browns have checked in on Broncos' Garrett Bowles as confidence in Jed Wills has finally taken a hit. And the Broncos are expected to be sellers at the deadline. Well, yeah, because they suck. Um, (laughs) That's true. Yeah, boy, (laughs) your boy, Bone Man, Russell Wilson. He's not, Russell's not tussling. (laughs) He, uh, yeah, he's struggling. Yeah, he's not good. He's washed. His team gave up 70 points. Uh, he's washed. Russell will struggle. Yeah. <laughs> Russell Russell will not be good. I don't know much about Garrett Bowles, um, <laughs> but he can't be as bad as Jed Wills, so I, can. I'm for the move. Nobody can. Uh, it turns out Jed Wills is going to get a job at the Rapid, and he's just going to let people in. Uh, that would be, be the perfect job for yeah. him. Just... Despite not playing a game in week five, uh, the Browns saw their playoff probability drop to 41%. So even when we didn't play, we took an L. Look, I don't know what to make of this AFC North right now. I mean, clearly by the fact that I can't pick a game in the AFC North. But, oh, you're really bad. Um, I, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers were one of the worst teams I've ever seen, but they apparently are first in the division. They got Mike Tomlin. Um Baltimore hadn't done anything to impress me, but they are the, were the are the better team than the Steelers, and they ended up losing oh, that yeah. game in a big way. Um, I just and and the Browns, the Browns is the Browns. Like they should be good, but here we are having all kinds of weird conversations about things that aren't football. True, and it's really annoying. And, and why and, can't we just talk about football? And Cincinnati has pulled themselves out of the depths of despair. So yep, um, have one good game and everybody feels good. All it's, of a sudden. it's like the AFC North. The AFC North at the beginning of the season. It's back. Say, this was the best division in football, and it didn't look that way after the th- first three or four weeks. And then all of a sudden, a week later, and everything's changed. Yep. How the tables have turned. How the turntables. Turntables turn all day. Tables turn. Uh, <clears throat> finally. In other Browns news, the dude that we just can't stop talking about, Baker Mayfield. Uh, He was on the Pat McAfee show this week, and he said on that show, quote, I'm still confused about about my Browns exit and why I'm not playing there anymore. Uh, And for... And for everyone that's like, you know, I just want to say this. For everyone that's like, why are we still talking about Baker Mayfield? He isn't a Cleveland Brown anymore. Listen. One... Baker Mayfield's always going to take a shot at Cleveland. He always does. Uh, so we have to talk about that. But two, I got to say, even I, someone who wasn't a big Baker fan, uh, still has to look at the overall situation. Uh, who took his spot? The fanfare that came along with that. The contract that came along with that. The allegations uh, from that player from beforehand, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And with all that in mind, we'll continue to talk about Baker until Deshaun Watson earns that paycheck in the, that the Browns handed him. And the comparisons will always be there until Watson makes them completely irrelevant. Well, that's the thing. If Watson had come in and just went gangbusters this year, who, no one nobody would, would say Baker, care. Baker's name. We wouldn't care. But the fact is that, look, as much, even if people that didn't care for Baker, like this guy brought us to the playoffs for the first time in 35 years, yep. won a playoff game. Like it's we. There's just this illegitimate narrative out there that like Baker was this trash quarterback, and and he wasn't trash. He was good enough to to win games in the NFL, which is something we haven't seen a lot of in Cleveland. Um, Stefanski has been one of the most uh, uh, prolific coaches since we've come back to the League of 99. I think he's won 27 games here or something. Like, that's not a lot. Um, no. But Baker was a big part of that. So it's just yeah. like until Deshaun 
comes out and plays like we expect him to, you, you're always going to have that comparison. And now that he's down there and has uh, the Buccaneers in the first place in their division, like it's it's harder and harder to defend well, again, and $230 that, million dollars the right, other way right. and all the draft picks and all your all your, all your uh, cap capital. So Right, and, you, and you've said it <clears throat> day in and day out, and I can't agree more, is the fact that we were sold this bill of goods like we weren't without that elite quarterback we couldn't get to the next level and instead for 230 million dollars what we're getting is a quarterback that's playing at the same level if not worse i mean if you look at their stats they're slightly like they're almost identical to bakers when he was here he i don't started. know if, i don't know if people look at that but yeah. but they're almost identical to bakers when he was here and in fact as far as interceptions and things like that they're slightly worse and so for $230 million in completely um, destroying draft capital and those types of things, it's a wash? Like, that's unacceptable. Right. That's just unacceptable. So until Deshaun Watson earns that paycheck and plays the way that he's supposed to play and makes these comparisons irrelevant, they're going to continue to happen. So everybody just needs to get used to it. You're going to hear about Baker until Deshaun Watson I would love to get you plays point. well or gets run out of town. I would love to get you a point where we're comparing Deshaun Watson against the other top passers in the league. And that's what we're comparing him to. Yeah. You know, hey, this guy over in, in well, San Francisco. Hell, forget about the other in. top passers in the league. What we were sold on Deshaun Watson was we would be comparing him to the other great passers in Cleveland Browns history. Well, but even Cleveland Browns <laughs> history, Baker Mayfield's one of them. No, I understand. But Statistically, I'm talking, I'm talking have... like like it was like a foregone conclusion. Like he was going to break every record that Brian Sipe and, and Bernie Kosar had, and, and he was going to be the greatest quarterback the Browns have ever seen. Well, what I'm saying though is that Baker had already done that. <laughs> I mean, we don't have a prolific history of passers here. We have a lot of guys that are beloved by fans and won a lot of games here, but um, the game was very different then. So statistically, like it's not hard to catch up to those guys if you just play competently, and that's what you saw out of Baker from most of his career here was above average quarterback play ish. Um, <laughs> ish. And, and that wasn't, and that was not good enough apparently. So not, oh man, what not, you got? not to beat a dead horse, but Baker's final season, he played almost the entire year with a, was a torn labrum, correct? Right. Yep. Which never really gets mentioned. And it, he was either his decision to keep playing or the coaching staff and administration just continued to put him out there. Yep. And either one is bad. Like he should, is, he should have realized in himself, I can't keep playing for my team, and the coaches should have shut him down. But the whole thing is, this is the worst kept secret in Cleveland, is because that administration wanted him to fail. They wanted him to go out there and put it all on him, and they wanted him to fail. I they agree. Wanted him to, they wanted people to say, "I'll play hurt for you," but that's not good enough. That's what they wanted people to see. Well, and it's, I feel like there's no surprise that in Cleveland, the narrative right away with Baker, like as the season progressed and they continued to play bad, was it was all on Baker. Whereas this year with Deshaun Watson, it's like, well, you shouldn't play through the, the injury. You shouldn't do that. Yeah, we don't even want a $230 million quarterback playing through injury. And yeah, I, I, it's just, it's just odd. And again, I'm, I just want to say this and emphasize this. I am not a Baker fan at all. Like I don't hate the guy. I I'm I'm happy that he was able to win a playoff game for us here and, and get us you know a decent amount of wins compared to what we were used to. Um, but I'm not a huge Baker fan. I just I think I look at it through um, 
you know, both sides. And I'm just like, yeah, it doesn't really, I just look at it. It doesn't make sense compared to what they sold us. I just look at it through the lens of look at all the talented players that have come out in the last couple of years that you could have added to this roster as a piece. Right. Um, And that's, that's my biggest hang up. And had a quarterback who was, who was competent 75% of the time. Yep. I agree. I'm going to move on because we could talk about this all day. Um, Let's get into the division roundup. Um, All right. So, obviously, the Browns were on by this week, but the rest of the AFC North did play. So, let's get into those games. Uh, Baltimore loses to the Pittsburgh Steelers 17-10. Obviously, none of us saw that coming. Nobody, I mean, nobody picked the Steelers to win this game. Not, not even our like group, like outside of here. No one did. The only people that believe the Pittsburgh Steelers could win that game were the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> yeah. Um, even their fans are like, eh, don't know. Baltimore just played sloppy. They didn't look good. Um, I mean, you're coming off a, a, a team that just beat us. What, what was the score of the game they beat us? 27 to 3 or something. And they did not look like the same team. Um, Lamar laid out a couple of really nice balls to Zay Flowers or whatever, and, and that kid just can't catch the ball to save himself. 28 um, to 3. My bad. And, uh, uh, it was just it was just kind of ugly. The defense played piss poor, and they just let the Steelers hang around just long enough. And I think that Pittsburgh Steelers team is full of savvy veteran guys that when we look at it and we say, like, who's the best teams in the NFL? Who has the high, you know, best talent? And you look at these young guys, and you get look at, like, Justin Jefferson's of the world, and you look at your McCaffrey's of the world, and how those guys change the game for your team. Those guys don't exist in Pittsburgh. But you know what you do have is you have a bunch of guys that are older veterans that – are opportunistic and when a ball gets popped into the air a ball gets put on the ground with just those the guys right amount always of young talent. seem to find it yep they got some young talent in there that's uh i'm not talking about uh uh pickett or pickens which george, one's george george pickens, george pickens is good he's Pickett, good. Pickett he's, good. he's the one good young piece they have yeah pickett not um good. but pickett i don't know i mean is pickett good are we, are, we, are we going to have to have this realization? They're in first place. I will not talk about this. Is Kenny Pickett good? Is, it, maybe he's not good, but is he is he the Baker Mayfield of three years ago, where he has he has moxie on a team that has a bunch of veterans around him? Like he wears two gloves. I know he wears two gloves, but they're in the fir- they're in first place in the division. You're not allowed to be good at quarterback if you wear two gloves. He they were they're in first place in the division. I hate you. Uh, listen, needless to say, we were all wrong on this pick. We all picked Baltimore. We were all wrong. Uh, next up, Cincinnati beat the Cardinals 34-20. to uh, Bone Man mailed in his uh, uh, pick on this one, and he picked the, the Cardinals to win at home. Um, unfortunately, he was wrong. Kenny was wrong. I was the only one that went with Cincinnati. I was right. And so that leads us to our current standings. I am at 6-8. and eight. Bone Man's at 5-9. and nine. And Kenny always, always bringing up the rear at four and ten. I but what a, what a weird season it's been. I love the rear. Um, it's just yeah, it's been a weird year picking AFC North teams for sure. Um, this is always a tough division to pick because these teams are so closely uh, aligned from a talent perspective. Um, I really didn't see <laughs> Pittsburgh beating Baltimore. I mean, you could play that game a hundred times, and I think that's the only time that happens. Um, and the Cardinals just ran out of gas in this one, frankly. Um, yeah. They played with Cincinnati for three quarters and looked like they had uh, you know, their chances that they might figure something out, and um, they're just not a very good football team right now. And Cincinnati is is 
on the rebound uh, with the injury to Joe Burrow. He looked a lot better, a lot more comfortable. Um, and then obviously Jamar Chase was just a monster in that game. Yep. Bone, thoughts on the AFC North? It's impossible to predict. Uh, I think Mike Tomlin is just a stud. And he just always He's has the freaking his guys X ready factor to play. for those guys. I just don't understand it. I wish we had a coach like him, but instead we Browns fans think. Yeah, I guess not so much anymore. It is finally starting to sour on on Stefanik. It's not just us saying that he's not very good. So, but yeah, hot seat. Yeah, for sure, he's not very good. The new squid. What? Oh yeah, now Santa squid. And look at that. All right, so that'll do it for the division roundup. Let's take a trip around the NFL. All right, we're going to start with Mac Jones this week. Mac Jones was benched for the Patriots in a horrific loss to the Saints. The Saints won this game 34 to nothing, and Bill Belichick seems to break his, quote, worst loss of his career record weekly. Is the end near for Bill? Um, it has to end at some point, right? Yeah. Um, and unless they find a new franchise quarterback, I, I don't know how. Are they tanking for Caleb? I mean, they, they, they have to tank for somebody because uh, Mac Williams, or Mac Williams, uh, Mac Jones is just not the answer. He's so bad, Kenny forgot his name. <laughs> uh, I just think, um, look, Belichick's obviously a good coach, right? You don't win whatever seven Super Bowls he had without being a good coach. Um, but I think Tom Brady was such a huge part of that equation that um, it's, it, you can't, when you break them up, they're just not the same individually. Now, Tom went on to have the Super Bowl in Tampa, which is great for him, but... Uh, but even he couldn't keep doing it over and over and over again. No, but I feel like it proves that Tom Tom was the bigger piece of the puzzle. Well, and, and Tom probably was over the last decade and a half, but I think Bill was the one that had the foresight to put, it together. put him together and to train him during the first probably four to five years of his career that made him into the juggernaut that he was. That's probably fair. Um, and... I just think that um, you know, unless they end up with some new talent, because look, that division is Miami, which is young and good, Buffalo, which is young and good, the Jets, which um, have maybe one of the best defenses in the NFL, and who knows if Aaron Rodgers comes back healthy or not. Like, it's not going to get any easier for them there. No, they're the clear. Uh, bottom of that division for the foreseeable future. But I do think that Bill Belichick wants the all-time wins record, and I think he's like 20 or so games from that. So his ego may force him to keep coaching. I just don't know if it's going to be in That may take him how bad that team is. That may take take him five years years, with Mac Williams playing for him. Damn. Uh, Speaking of blowouts, uh, the 49ers stomped the Cowboys this weekend 42-10. to Yeah, this was a route. This was bad, and the Cowboys were supposed to be pretty good. I mean, although, granted, this is the second time the Cowboys have been blown out this year, but um, the only two losses they have were complete blowouts. Um, <laughs> Besides that, they've looked pretty dominant, though. Yeah. I, I watched this game, too, and it was... Um, also, go ahead. It was just it was just kind of a slow burn. Like, it didn't feel like a blowout as it was happening, but then... But when then it was. You got to the end, you were like, Wow. What, what is with all the blowouts in the NFL this year? Has anybody else noticed this? Is anybody else confused by this? Because it's not um, – it's just, it's just weird. There's just so many blowouts. There's never blowouts in the NFL. And there, it's, it seems like every week there's like four or five. Nothing? Nobody's, <laughs> nobody's got any thoughts? <laughs> you guys are just okay with that? I quit the show for a minute. Um, 
Look, here you know what you know, my honest take is. Like, I don't want to have this conversation because it's going to bring me back to Baker Mayfield and yeah. every, every conversation. All leads, all roads lead back to Baker. I With think, you, I think what it is is that it's really hard to win in this league. Um, Dak Prescott has been a franchise quarterback for the Cowboys for how long? <laughs> but like they, at this point, it's got to be debatable that but, he's a franchise quarterback. But he is a franchise quarterback in the, in the definition of like he throws for lots of yards, he throws for lots of touchdowns, and his team is has a winning record. Like do you go back to the Browns when they were bad, when they tore this thing down to the studs, and you were one and thirty one. Like this thing was ugly here. Oh, People yeah. just seem to forget oh, that. Oh yeah. And then things got a lot better under Stefanski uh, when Baker was here. And it's just, it's like, it's still not good enough. But I think what you have here is that you just don't have it some nights. It's it's impossible to be a, an elite quarterback all the time in this league. I, I mean, who who hasn't had bad games this year? I, I mean, know. Josh Allen's looked bad at some yeah. times this year. Joe Burrow's, Joe Burrow's looked, looked bad. bad. Um, Aaron Rodgers obviously busted his ankle on the first play of the game. Yeah. I will say, uh, Bone Man mentioned off air, he said, you know, does that speak to the parody, right? That's what you were asking yeah. um, about the parody. But it goes both ways. I mean, you look at the Cleveland Browns this year. They've won 27-3 to and lost 28-3. to So, and, and they're not the only team that's like that. There's multiple teams that have won or lost either way. So <clears throat> it's, it's just wild. It's weird. Uh, but anyways, let's move on to Taylor Swift. Uh, <laughs> so Taylor Swift was not seen with Travis Kelsey on his birthday, and she was not at his latest game. And, and he, he had his arm around another girl. Yeah. And you know what happened? He sprained his ankle. <laughs> but then you know what happened? He caught a touchdown pass after he came back in the game. So what does it all mean? I don't know. Um, I know there was some talk in the media this week about um, Travis Kelsey saying like they didn't mean to be so outwardly like – just, just out there, like they, they didn't mean to. They were, they intended to be. They more didn't mean to private about everything. So they didn't mean to. Four hundred percent increase in jersey sales. You didn't mean to. Oh, I agree with you. My thought is the reason she was not there is because Andy Reid probably came to them and said, "Like guys, this is a huge distraction. Like we can't have this going on on our sideline all year long." Happy for you that you found uh, Trailer Swift, but like Trailer Swift, uh, <laughs> old Trailer Swift, <laughs> <laughs> but like. <laughs> But like you can't just have an A list full of celebrities in your your family box every weekend. Like it's just not gonna. We can't have that. They seem to be doing fine. Uh, they almost lost the game that the last time. She Man, played. I wish I could root for a team that I could say, "Well, we almost lost once. We almost lost." <laughs> that would be phenomenal. Uh, anyways, next up, Anthony Richardson played another game for the Colts, and just like that. Out for a month. <laughs> AC joint. Feels bad. Uh, AC, AC joint sprain. Uh, can't play football like that in the NFL. You just can't. No. We've said it since he started playing this you year. You just can't he, do it. He's too much of an athlete. He relies too much on being athletic. And he's a big dude, so he thinks he can take on like all these defensive ends and sure. linebackers and whatever well, and else. you saw how well that worked out for a guy like Cam Newton, who for a while you can play like that. And if you're tough enough to get through it and you don't get hurt, sure. But eventually that all catches up to it you. It all catches up to you. Um, the, the, the hits feel different in the NFL. And I'm not talking um, right away. I mean, they do. I mean, they're, they're much bigger in general. But over time, those build up and can really tear well, you down. That's why Deshaun needed so many massages. <laughs> All right. Um, but I will say this about the Colts. Um, I do think they just should let Minshew Mania take over there. Um, and the games where Gardner Minshew has taken the majority of their snaps, they're 3-0. and Well, we get them next week. So... 
Um, I think that's going to be a tougher game than people think. I think that people think that the Colts suck, and I think Gardner Minshew is decent. And um, they have a we're not talking about that. Josh game. Downs, who looked really well th- this week, so. Um, Please stop breaking down next week's game. We're on this week's. You know episode. what? It's my show too. Okay. <laughs> uh, in the uh, in other news here, in the same press conference that Mike McDaniel's <laughs> confirmed that Tua went with his own play call on the long touchdown to Tyreek Hill over the weekend, it was mentioned Dolf- the Dolphins have more yards than any team in NFL history through five games. Uh, Mike <laughs> Bone Man's dying over there. Uh-oh. Mike Mike McDaniel's. Uh, response to that mission accomplished our whole goal this entire offseason was statistical output through five games of course it was he then went on to add the emphasis on the run game is intentional and it gets the team going and he continued if you guys had it your way all the running backs would be run out of town too soon I like Mike McDaniels, man. <laughs> oh, man. Mike McDaniels is the best. He just literally says whatever the fuck he wants at I mean, all times. I mean, to have a coach that just has no And you go back filter. and look at his, uh, his, just, his pictures from when he was the ball boy for the Broncos. He's just got, like, earrings all over the place. Just looks like, <laughs> still he's looks like, like I don't give a shit. This is me. I know football better than all of you guys, and I'm going to say whatever I want, so... I wonder, though, like what his staying power is, because we kind of said and felt the same way about Sean McVay three years ago. Um, here's this young, handsome guy that remembers everything. And like, Sean McVay, though, sold his soul. He they did. They, they, they did. They said, fuck them picks. And <laughs> they said, we're just going to go all out for it. And they got their Super Bowl. And he probably should have retired after that. He probably should have. all that talk about, well, is he going to retire? And they're like, why would he retire? He's like 32 as well. That, this is why. Now you're bad again. But but I think Mike McDaniels has a lot more staying power because they're building the team differently. I mean, they they're doing... They've made some big trades and things, but they're also they have guys that they've drafted. They have they're doing things. Although, have you seen this Puka Nakua kid in yeah in LA? Yeah, that I have guy's no idea. I've never heard of him until he's on my fantasy three, team three four weeks ago. No, he's on my fantasy team. He's killing it. Uh, yeah, really impressive. I, don't, I still don't know who he is. He looks like Troy Polamalu's ex brother. Yeah, um, but you know, we mentioned Tyreek Hill and uh, uh, Tua. Speaking of good quarterback wide receiver duos. This just in, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are still pretty good. Yeah, Jamar had a hell of a game. Uh, what did he go for, like 186 yards or something like that? Um, it was yeah, a lot. It was a lot. It was big time. Big time. Big play. Um, and then also this week, one of the games that I've been looking forward to all season finally happened, and Nathaniel Hackett got his revenge as Sean Payton and the Broncos lost to the Aaron Rodgers Jets. They lost to that mom fucker over there. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh, Safety off. Yeah. Uh, and Robert Sala gave the game ball to Nathaniel Hackett. Wow. Um. What did I say something wrong? <laughs> did I say something that was factually I mean, you inaccurate? Just, you just went hard M on him. Um, <laughs> um, look, uh, look, Nathaniel Hackett has been taking it since last season <laughs> about just him being a suck ass coach, and then uh, Sean Payton gave it to him all off season, and yeah, now the shoes on the other foot, man, doesn't feel very good. 
No. And they got problems over there in, in uh, Denver. <laughs> oh, yeah, they do. Oh, man. Uh, uh, Russell's washed. Sean Payton is ass. Like, it's just insane. And Russell Payton- Wilson washed Sean Payton's ass? <laughs> That's <laughs> no what's going way. on in Denver? No You heard way. it here first. Oh, gosh. You heard it here first. Listen, why does Sean Payton, have you noticed he continues to just run his mouth? Like, he's, he's like Baker Mayfield. Like all <laughs> roads lead back to Baker. Welcome to eighty-eight point no, three Baker Talk all day, uh, all night, and every night. No matter how bad they play, he's like, I'm just gonna keep running my mouth. I don't care. It just it's wild. Do I don't, what I don't you understand. do, man. And he's he's got like that that permanent pressed pressed lips look. He's like he just always looks like he ate something sour. <laughs> Uh, but I digress. I digress. I digress. Uh, they're, they're in Denver. I digress. Um, nice. You digress. What yeah. color do you dye it? Uh, green. Mm. <laughs> why would you digress green? That's the mystery. You could digress any color you wanted to, but why would you dye green? Think about it. Anyways. I, I uh, thought about it. Uh, running back finally signed a decent contract this past week as Jonathan Taylor signed the extension with the Colts worth $42 million over three years with $26.5 million guaranteed. Um, I think this is a step in the right direction for running backs, potentially. Or it could not be because, uh, you know, Moss is out there lighting it up for uh, the Colts. And yeah, Zach Moss played pretty well. Are they going to have a, a, a complete split and then it's they're going to say, see, we told you we didn't have to pay him. Look, I think even though Zach Moss played well, I think Jonathan Taylor's the way better player. So I think once he gets on the field finally, um, then it's going to be evident that that he's the guy. But, yeah, look, step in the right direction for running backs. Glad to see finally one get a good contract. It just, all, the whole story here has never made sense from day one. Um, we're not going to pay Jonathan Taylor. Okay, fine. You can trade Jonathan Taylor, but I want five first-round draft picks in return. Well, that doesn't make sense either because you don't doesn't think he's up. worth even a contract. Math. And then at the end of the day, he comes off the pup list and gets $42 million. So what the hell even happened here? Like, is... Um, God, uh, Ursay just just drunk off his mind, like probably. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Probably he probably is. Like he just thinks he's God out there in Indianapolis. Like I, I don't know. He's just doing whatever the hell he wants, whatever he wants. Yeah, I I don't know, but I I do hope that because they paid him and uh, with Mike McDaniel's comments about running backs, you know, I'm I'm hoping the Browns do right by Nick Chubb in the off season. But we'll see. Still coming off that injury, so yeah, he's, they're gonna get him for a, a budget now. Uh, but anyways, that'll do it for our trip around the NFL for this week. Uh, Kenny, you want to do a Browns backers interview? I love interviews with Browns backers. Uh, all right, we'll do one. Okay. <laughs> Powered by Riverside FM. Okay, so this week for our Browns Backers interview series, we have the opportunity to chat with Bud Genovese, who is the president of the Bay Area Browns Backers. So without further delay, let's go ahead and welcome Bud. Bud, how are you? Great. Good to be on your show. Yeah, thanks for being here. And so uh, tell us a little bit about your chapter, uh, you know, where, you're, where you guys are located, when you were established, uh, viewing locations, all those things. Okay. Yeah, we actually started in 1986, if you can believe that, with 11 people. That was before we were born. (laughs) Ah, Exactly. (laughs) 
So yeah, don't ask. Yeah, I was only twelve years old, right? No, but uh, <laughs> but our original president was Harold Manson, and he was a lieutenant colonel in the army in Monterey, and he grew up in Houston, if you could believe that, way back, and he used to listen to the Browns from nineteen forty six on, if you could believe that. So so he was he was not an Ohio native. He started the club. He was out in Monterey. Then he moved to San Jose, started the club. And, and I helped him. 11 of us started the club in 1986. And we've grown over the years. We're, we're actually over 3,000 people. And we're, wow. in, we're, in, we're in six sports bars, San Francisco, San Jose, Walnut Creek, uh, Livermore. Uh, let's see. Did I name them all? And, um, oh, and Mountain View. So um, we have quite a, quite a, a following in each of those sites. And we seem to, seem to dominate those sports bars, uh, even though we have to compete with, there's actually still Raider fans out here. And, and we have to compete with Raider fans and uh, 49er fans for the for the attention but we certainly get uh, a a good following and we get good attention at the sports bars giving us a, a nice screen and so on and so uh each each location has a a location leader so cuz we're sort of spread out uh, geographically uh, but that's how we handle uh each each location i i primarily go to the San Jose one that's awesome, and not not many of the uh, Browns backers chapters are quite that large out there. So that's phenomenal. Um, and I will say, you guys are probably having a, a hell of a time this week uh, with the Forty ers being the opponent and and some of the back and forth that's going on out there. I would think, right? Exactly. Actually, every week we have to we have to tolerate uh, uh, the Forty Nineers fans and the and <laughs> and the Raider fans. Actually, they they seem to just just stick around and uh the uh the the 49ers now play in Santa Clara so as you know it's it's even though it's San Francisco Santa Clara is right a suburb really of San Jose it's 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 right you know about 45 miles south of San Francisco and so we get uh again in the neighborhood I live in, we actually have 49er players that live in the, in my neighborhood. Uh, and so we're, we're quite involved with that, putting up with, with them. <laughs> yeah, I bet. And, and uh, so um, talking about your community and things like that, uh, are you guys involved with your community at all? I know most of the Browns backers uh, chapters do like community service work and charity work. Uh, what types of things are you guys involved with out there? So, because of our location out here, uh, we we do have a modest dues, and we use the dues to provide a halftime raffles. So, we have a free halftime raffle of Browns items, hats, and other items uh, th- that we that we give out at halftime. So, the funds that we collect mainly support the items we find fi- we buy for each location. Extra funds we donate back to the Cleveland Browns Foundation, and and also out here, the uh, local humane societies. Good choices so that, there. That that's basically it. We're probably not as active as some some of the clubs in Ohio as far as communities uh, work, but we try to donate 
extra funds to those two groups mainly. This, and uh, we also have sponsored players to come out over the years, typically in April or in the spring. We've had uh, Cribs here, Kevin Mack, uh, Ozzie Newsom actually even. And so nice. over the years, we've had many players come out for a bank, what we call a banquet. We pay for their travel <clears throat> and their hotel. And it, it's quite fun. We usually get uh, a couple hundred people for those banquets. Wow. Nice, nice. And, and as far as the charity work goes, every little bit ca- uh, counts and, and goes a long way. So uh, your work out there is much, much appreciated. Um, uh, but let me ask you, do you find that, um, I know with 3,000 members, that's kind of hard to keep track of, of everyone, but do you find that most of your membership is folks that either grew up in Northeast Ohio and have moved to that, that area of the country, or is a lot of it um, very localized and just people that grew up rooting for the Browns for one reason or the other? Oh, no, that's a great question. I would say 95% of the people are transplants, people that work in Apple. So in, in, in San Jose, we have Apple Computer, we have uh, Intel, a lot of the tech firms, uh, Facebook, Google, right down the street. So we have a lot of tech people, a lot of people that uh, have moved out here. We do have a few natives though. So it is interesting. We, we, we love the natives that join our club. And uh, we have one gal that's going to be going to the Browns game, 49er game. She grew up uh, in the East Bay, a little past Oakland and all, but all her family was big 49er fans. So when she grew up, she says, "No, I'm going to pick a team." She picked the Browns. I don't know. I didn't ask her how, but they're all—they're all—they've never been to Cleveland. They're all flying to Cleveland this weekend, and I gave her some tips of where to go. Uh, you know, for sure to visit the Rock Hall and uh, and so on uh, downtown. They're going to stay at the arcade. And we're happy to have her as a fan. But does she know what she's signing up for? <laughs> I know. Well. What's what's even worse? We, I have a nephew here, born born and raised in San Jose. His dad's from Dallas, but not so much a fan. I I brought him to the sports Brown sports bars. He's a huge Browns fan now. <laughs> <laughs> or the the fans are contagious. You know, you can't you can't help but jump on board once you meet all of us. Exactly, exactly. When's, so when's it's, it's a lot of fun to meet. Fans that are not native Ohio, but we, but it's predominantly people that have moved out here, and we met some great people. And I'm still in touch. We, ha- I have a friend that I met out here. He moved back to to Northeast Ohio, and we're still friends. Nice. Well, when's the last time you were out this way, Bud? So I, I was at the Tennessee game. So I still have s- season tickets in Cleveland, oh, wow. and uh, I s- sell. All the games except one, and and I picked. I guess I picked a good game to come to. <laughs> that was a good choice. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. So uh, speaking of your chapter again, though, uh, are there any upcoming events that you guys are hosting? I know probably this weekend. I would guess with the Forty ers being the opponents, so you probably have a lot of things going on. So it's the game's going to be on local TV. So our challenges. I'm going to be revving up in the emails to, for people to come out to the sports bars to show up even though it's going to be on local TV. And so that's basically it. No, no party. We do have special party when parties, when the Browns come here. So the last time the Browns were here, they did play the 49ers. Was it a couple of years ago, a couple, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, 
we had a party the, the Saturday night before. We had uh, uh, Kevin Mack and uh, uh, basically I think it was Kevin Mack signing autographs. And uh, Friend it of was, the show. We, we like Kevin. Yeah, it was it was quite well attended, and we the hotel we picked was in a mid mid peninsula between San Francisco and San Jose, and coincidentally the Browns were staying there. Well, we didn't know that. Oh wow! And so none of the players mingled, but some of the uh, coaches mingled around, and we talked to them. It was so it was quite fun. Nice. Um, so, uh, let's, let's switch the switch gears a little bit here. Uh, go over to the football side of things. Obviously there was no game last week. Um, so let me ask you this. What are your thoughts on the season so far? Yeah, extremely happy that the defense is so solid. And I, I think, uh, a little bit surprised at the, the last game. Uh, but I think, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the offense Handed some of the field field position to the to the to the uh, to the uh, Ravens, the purple. Uh, we call them the purple Browns and uh, <laughs> the Raptors. Yeah, purple Browns. I like that. Yeah, yeah. They definitely uh, the offense uh, underperformed and gave up quite a bit of field position to the the opposing team for sure. And it was DTR's first game. He didn't, yeah. play, he didn't play great. So, but we're we're quite excited, you know. With with the team, and uh, of course, everybody was so disappointed with the Chubb thing, and uh, we're, we're we're very hopeful that the left tackle will learn to block better. Have <laughs> Have you heard of anything on that? I uh, we we wish we could we had really good news for you that said he learned to block overnight, but uh, so far he still seems to be a little bit of a turnstile. I did hear locally though today um, some rumor. Uh, mill on the trade block that they were potentially looking at at least bringing someone else in um, for the rest of the season just to see uh, if that pushes him or if they need to replace him. So I, I think we're going to get an answer on that sooner than sooner than we think. So, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but he, he's an excellent run blocker. Is that right? Uh, t- typically, that's what his grades have shown is, is he's a better run blocker than pass blocker. Yeah. Um, which I mean, let's be honest. When you have Nick Chubb, typically, I mean, I know he's injured now, but typically, when uh, Nick Chubb's running behind you, um, we need him to be the opposite. We need him to protect our quarterback <laughs> because Nick Chubb right. can can cover up some of those blemishes and make you look good, even when you're not that good. So exactly, um, yeah, that run blocking doesn't do much for us right now. So right, and and we we have a lot of fans that scream about Stefanski. I'm I'm from the camp. That if you have the talent, I don't care who the coach is. And uh, but I guess I'm in the minority. Maybe there's still a lot of heat on Stefanski. Can we talk about that or, or not? We, yeah, no, we can absolutely sure. talk about it. We we put heat on him every single week. I'll be honest with you. Is that right? um, yeah, we're we're not big uh, fans of, of of. We actually call him Stefanik on our show. Stefanik, um, because we said that he'll earn his last name back when he starts playing, calling calling plays better. Um, exactly. in 2020, yeah, yeah, and so until then, we call him Kevin Stefanik, and uh, yeah, I mean that's that's the bottom line is that we just want him to just call better plays, call more, um, make the plays make sense <laughs> is is the biggest thing. So exactly, if if maybe you didn't see the 49er game, but but Brock Purdy gets the ball out fast. They have a lot of quick screens, yep. and 
I'm not sure why we're not doing that. And and it takes the heat off the quarterback if he's getting rushed, right? And exactly. oh yeah, and it's it's it just seems that every time um, Kevin uh, more or less draws up a play, the the uh, difficulty level of it is ten out of ten, and it's it's this slow developing deep bomb of a pass that hardly ever works out. And then that one time it does, and he's like, "See, this <laughs> exactly. is why I do that." <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, we're we're pretty critical of him, but I mean, um, I think I think it's it's fair, I'm hopeful though. that he turns that around because we so, we just want the Browns to win. Yeah, so. exactly. So what 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 does Alex Van Pelt do then? <laughs> he's just, he's just be... a name. Does he help <laughs> develop the plays? Or I don't know. We're, not, we're it's it's a little bit of a mystery here in Cleveland what what he actually does there. We're not real sure. He just provides uh, console, I guess, to Kevin. But yeah. I mean, he he called a good game uh, when uh, the COVID game in in Pittsburgh when uh, Kevin had sure. missed the playoff game. Yeah. Oh, the the other thing that bothers me about Stefanski is he's too calm. In other words, there's been some horrendous things uh, that he could he should have been jumping up and down at the refs. Do you, have you guys talked about that? But for sure, yeah, I think I think we've seen the the opposite of that out of Jim Schwartz this year. I think he's been a breath of fresh air when it comes to um, providing some emotional leadership to the team. But the defense responds because they they want some energy out of their coach. They don't want this guy that's going to deadpan everything and and be right. calm, cool and collected in every single situation. Like, yeah, it's probably beneficial in some situations, but if you show no emotion whatsoever, football is not the game for you, buddy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so um, yeah. But let's let's take a look at this week's game. Um, I know you guys, you, you get a chance to, to follow the 49ers a little bit closer than we do out here in Cleveland. Um, so can you give us your thoughts on this week's game? Yeah. I, 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 are they three and a half point underdogs, the Browns? I believe they are, yes. Yep. Yeah, I think it should be ten. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm not a betting person, but if I if I was, I would bet, take take that. The, the and I and I hate to say this, but unless Wills improves and unless they improve their quickness of getting the ball out, they're going to get rolled. The 49ers just rolled Dallas easy, quite easily. And oh yeah, uh, it, it's it it could be ugly. Uh, and I hate to say that again. I'm a, I'm an optimist. I think after today they could they could almost run the table. How's that for optimism? I mean, after after the 49er game, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're not wrong. They they should be in at least every one of the the remaining games. Um, and there's no reason they shouldn't win or at least have a chance to win all of them. It just so. seems like they have a lot of playmakers out there. I think what uh, McCaffrey had four touchdowns a week ago. Um, Kittle had three, I think, last night. So um, they just can hurt you in a lot of ways. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's it, uh, – and then not not just Boza, but the other – I don't know his name, but the other defensive end is also quite good. And uh, they were both getting after uh, – Zach. Uh, yeah, and he just didn't have a, a chance. Nope. Yeah, nope. That, that front seven is pretty scary. Yeah, it is. Uh, and so uh, one one last question for you here, bud. Um, Deshaun Watson, worth $230 million or no? 
Well, that's a, that's a, that's a quick that's a yes or no question. <laughs> yep. You can you can expand. Yeah, you can. Expand. We got time. <laughs> I, I'm I'm quite surprised that they they didn't do more homework as far as uh, his method of play. I, I I didn't know he holds the ball so long. It just doesn't work anymore in the NFL. Uh, uh, You know the quick answer is no. It's not. It's not worth it. And uh, uh, I, I actually like, even though uh, he had a bad game, I like Dorian uh, DTR. Is it DTR? Yep. Yeah, Dorian Thompson Robinson. Yeah. Yeah, and I know even even with the bad game, like you were saying, I know a lot of people are still pretty high on him and still think he has a lot of potential. He was. Let's be let's be honest. He was kind of thrown to the wolves at the last minute there, and, and just <clears throat> exactly. Well, and then we Wolf- talked about you know the game plan didn't really seem to fit him right because it's your, your rookie quarterback in your first game, and we put the ball in the air almost forty times. It's just again going back to Stefanski and his play calling, it just didn't seem to make a lot of sense. Exactly, it's totally wrong. And uh, and Wills wasn't blocking, and it just it was just a <laughs> awful combination of uh, events. The uh, but again, I'm hopeful for Watson, and uh, his his injury was sort of a mystery. I, I, have they figured it out yet? Is he? Is he really no, he didn't hurt? practice today. It's it's uh, we're 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 recording this on Monday. He didn't practice today, so that's concerning coming out of a bye week. We don't know if he's going to play or not. Yeah, it was expected that at the press conference today that he was going to be kind of uh, ready to roll, and so concerning that they came out and said that he's still not quite 100. percent Right, and. I, I, I get upset when the national media keeps bringing up his past. You know that he's he's paid his dues. That's over with, and I, I just I can't stand that. And uh, what do, what do you it's, all think? It's definitely put us as fans in a tough position. I think, and, but but to your point, that's why the NFL suspended him, right? So that piece is is done and paid for. I think the more frustrating part for us as fans now is we were told we were getting this alert, this huge upgrade, a quarterback position, and and to this point, he hasn't played all that well outside of the Tennessee game. Right. Right. Yeah. E- exactly. So yeah, I guess the question is still there, and uh, hopefully, it's going to get get better. Uh, we certainly expect uh, a playoff team. I, I, it, when you have a top defense, you, you seem to you should be in the playoffs. Yeah, you would think that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, um, and go ahead. I was saying, so, but I see you got some merch on there um, that has your your Bay Area Browns logo, and then there's a shirt in the back. Um, I'm guessing these are things that you guys have put together for your your chapter. So each year we do a a, a little a redesign of the shirt. So the front, the front still has our our regular logo, but the back we got permission. I don't know if you can see it, but we got permission from the when we did this to to do the Jim Brown. So it says, "I'm really doing bad here, huh?" No, no this, you're, you're fine. <laughs> we can see it perfect. And so Jim Brown, the greatest, and and uh, just a just a mem- a memory of him. And then on the bottom we have that we're part of the. Browns backers worldwide and list some of the cities. And so um, what I'm always amazed too, as far as uh, when you hear the national media, they go, Oh, look at all the Browns fans uh, in the stadium out here. 
they must have all flew in from Cleveland. No, they don't realize that there's Brownsbacker clubs all over the United States. Yep. Yeah, and I'm not everywhere. sure when, when that's going to ever get educated at the national media level. <laughs> you know, maybe these guys will start listening to Burning River Sportscast and we can let them know that you guys are everywhere. Hey, we're everywhere. <laughs> And, and yeah. you know, even in London, I met their London. Uh, have you you've, have you interviewed Paul Brown in London? Not, no. We have not. But I will say, I just traveled to uh, uh, Ireland recently, and I saw. I didn't get to go in and talk to anybody, but I saw there's a Dublin Browns backers organization out there. Right. So you should yep. check out on Instagram Paul Brown UK. So he's he's he he's quite a fan, and he's a he's a native Londoner. And uh, it's I do just know that co- name. I think it, yeah, it's, so, it's just. Uh, I guess that's maybe why he picked the Browns, but uh, no, no, re- no relation. But he's quite a quite a character and uh, and big fan. So, final question for you here, Bud. Uh, what's your uh, record prediction for the Browns? The rest. What do you, What do you think they're going to finish? Let's go with that. What do, What do you think their final record is going to be? Oh wow! So I think they could win. Um, 11 games. Nice. So what's that? 11 and 11 6? And is there 6. Yep. And you think that's enough to get them into the playoffs? And and to be the wild card or or winner. Uh, they they have to they have to win the next division games. That's for sure. They have to beat uh, Cincy again and then split with Pittsburgh and uh, Baltimore. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, real quick question about just the divisional games out there. The you know, given that you're what uh, three thousand miles away, yeah. is there still a pretty intense uh, you know heat around the rivalries between like the Pittsburgh Steelers and and the Baltimore oh, Ravens? Absolutely, we still have fans that can't figure out who they hate more. You know, <laughs> Baltimore or Pittsburgh, and uh, you know, with Joe Burrow being from Ohio, there's less less hate for the Bengals. It seems like uh, so. But but Baltimore and Pittsburgh remain, you know, very heated with our fans here. I'm a, it, I'm a Steelers hater, and he hates Baltimore. So. Oh, okay, there you we, go. We have that discussion. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, I don't know who. Yeah, it's a tie for me. But uh, but yeah, they, they people out here keep up with that is, is for sure, and uh, uh, it's it's really uh, remarkable how loyal people could stay. With this team, huh? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Absolutely. We've been through some hard times. But hey, Bud, it's been uh, wonderful having you on. We've really, really appreciated the time uh, with you. And hopefully we get a chance to catch up in the future. Um, so, yeah, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. And we, and again, hope to talk soon. Thank you. I'm Bud Genevieve with the Bay Area Browns backers, and you're listening to the Burning River Sportscast. Go Browns! Great talking with Bud from the uh, the uh, uh, Bay Area Browns backers out there. He's a legend in Browns backer circles. We've we've heard his name mentioned like in. So many times in, in the before and the after call, like with other Browns backers organizations, as we're like planning and the interview, they're like that guy like, has it going. I've heard his there. name a bunch of times, so it was good to finally talk with him. And um, yeah, legend in his own right, huge organization out there, three thousand plus members. I mean, that is just a a uh, 
a huge operation to be responsible for. So I don't want to be in charge of 3,000 people. Great job out there. Uh, but you know what that takes us to? Uh, no. The Better Graver Sportscast Hot Take Hotline! All right. Don't forget to call and leave your hot takes on the Hot Take Hotline. Remember, call and leave your hot takes. Remember, these are hot takes. Bone Man, tell people to call. We want hot takes. We, we want, want hot takes. takes. We want hot takes. We want hot takes. 330-227-8080. I'll settle for cold takes at this point. 330-227-8080. 330-227-8080. Call now. Wow. Operators are not. Standing by. It's just an answering machine. It's just an answering machine. All right. It's that time again. Let's take a quick revenue break and then get back here and talk uh, talk with Browns legend Kevin Mack and preview the week six matchup with the 49ers. Love it. Towpath Distillery. Towpath Distillery, an award-winning craft distillery located in Akron, Ohio. Towpath Distillery focuses on high-quality spirits carefully made in small batches. Towpath's lineup includes an ultra-smooth, award-winning premium vodka, a small-batch silver rum made from the highest-grade molasses, an American craft gin made with nine botanicals, and a blended straight bourbon made from corn and rye. Towpath Distillery, now available locally and in 46 states. Visit towpath-distillery.com to place your order online or find an OHLQ retailer near you. Towpath Distillery, handcrafted, award-winning, small batch, local, and family-owned. All Cleveland Coffee. All Cleveland Coffee is a coffee company that launched earlier this year in Cleveland, as the name would suggest. Uh, Founded by Browns legend and Hall of Famer Joe Thomas and six-time heavyweight champion of the world in the UFC, Stipe Miocic, along with a team of several other brilliant Clevelanders. All Cleveland Coffee is on a mission to give one million meals back to the community through an official partnership with the Greater Cleveland Food Bank. How will they do this, you ask? With every bag of beans purchased, three meals will get donated to the food bank. This is such an awesome idea. There's a bunch of great individuals involved, and the result is the best coffee in Cleveland, bar none. It comes in three roasts, light, medium, and dark. Dark is what Joe Thomas prefers, and that's what I prefer as well. Kenny, what do you like? Medium roast. He's a medium roast guy. All Cleveland Coffee. Visit all-cleveland.com today to order your coffee and donate a few meals in the process. All Cleveland Coffee. Ethically sourced, premium roasted, and three meals donated for every bag purchased. Love it. All right, before we get into the week six preview, we're going to talk to another Cleveland Browns alum that will be going on the Browns fan cruise with us. Powered by Riverside FM. All right, our next guest is a certified Browns legend. He was inducted into the Cleveland Browns Legends program in 2007. 
Uh, his career statistics include 5,123 rushing yards, 46 touchdowns, and a two-time Pro Bowler. One of the greatest to ever play the fullback position. Here he is, everybody. Welcome the Mack Truck, Kevin Mack. Kevin, 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 the Maxter. Hey, Kevin, how you doing? I'm doing great, guys. How are you guys doing? <laughs> Doing well, doing, doing well. Now, now, before we get started, Kevin, uh, and get into some of the questions that we have for you here, uh, we want to talk about something that we're very excited about. You will be on the Browns fan cruise in March of 2024. That's right, a Mack truck on a cruise ship. Uh, so you're going to be on the Browns fan cruise. Uh, and so, you know, we... We will also be on that Browns fan cruise. We're the official podcast of the Browns fan cruise. Uh, we'll be emceeing all the events on the Browns fan cruise. And so we're just really, really looking forward to sharing that Browns fan cruise with a legend such as yourself. So with that, can you tell our viewers uh, a little bit about the fan cruise? Well, I know I know the cruise is um, going to be leaving out of Miami uh, in March of 2024. Um I'm, I'm kind of like you guys. This is going to be um, seaside of uh, seaside events uh, cruise with the Browns. They they joined with the Browns and, and partnered with the Browns to put this together. Um, I know there's going to be quite a few uh, uh, alumni and current players, uh, so uh, it should be fun and exciting. Yeah, I think we're up to 18 alumni, if I'm not mistaken. So it's going to be going to be a good time, but. Um, you know, we'll get back into the fan cruise here in a little bit, but let's talk about you. So I know you were born in North Carolina and you ended up going to college uh, at Clemson. You played four years of football there, reached the na- national championship in 1981. Um, so kind of tell us a little bit about your time at Clemson, if you will. Um, uh, for me, uh, at Clemson, it was, uh, it was, it was quite an experience. Uh, I, uh, I really didn't, get into the, the real serious organized football and until I was in high school. Uh, I only played like two years of high school ball. So going to Clemson was uh, a, a, a real eye opener for me as far as uh, being involved with a, uh, a an organized system like that and, and just kind of getting used to how things operated. Uh, small town, country boy, uh, wasn't it, it wasn't like Clemson was a big city, but uh, the shock of playing college ball and, and how demanding it was uh, was was a little bit of, of a test my first year. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, you, you played uh, four years there. Um, you know, like I said, you did reach a national championship. Uh, were there any any uh, anything that sticks out from your time at Clemson that was kind of kind of a highlight? I mean, being in a national championship game has got to be pretty cool. Yeah, so we actually won that game, and it, it was it, it was uh, it was a huge game for us. Uh, I, at the time, as a university, we uh, say my freshman year we were six and five. Nobody nobody even had us on the radar to to do anything that that next year, my sophomore year. Uh, so my sophomore year, we were 12-0, and 0, and uh, we played Nebraska in the Orange Bowl and ended up winning that game. Um, really changed my perspective of, of, of football and um, 
how how guys come together, you know, doing the off season, you know, working hard together, uh, not quitting, doing everything our coaches ask us, and it paid off for us that year. Yeah, that's awesome. I know. For sure. I know. Uh, we've uh, not at, not at quite the level that you're talking about, but we played high school football together, and uh, we were historically bad uh, <laughs> up until our senior year, and everybody kind of came together. Uh, we came one game one game shy of uh, uh, winning this. Uh, conference, but we made it to the playoffs for the first time in school history, and so just that camaraderie that you're talking about, that coming together was was fantastic. Yeah. Um, now, Kevin, it sounds like you said you got a little bit of a late start to organized sports, um, but uh, obviously a great athlete, went to Clemson. Um, that was a little bit of a culture shock for you. When, maybe during, was it during your time at Clemson that you really felt like, you know, it's, it's you know, every boy, every boy's dream to kind of grow up and play professional sports, but like, when was that, when was it really a reality for you that you thought, um, you know, I'm not only good enough, but I can make it and play in the league? Um, well, that that was you know it, it probably didn't happen until I got to Cleveland really, um, and, and as you guys mentioned before, I played in the USFL, um, and I think one of the main reasons I went to the USFL is because I wasn't really sure uh, of my abilities uh, to play at the NFL level, uh, and I just thought it was a great opportunity for me to get some more experience. Um, and if I did have a shot to play in the NFL, then I'd be a little bit better prepared. Yeah, for sure. And and uh, that you, you were drafted by the Washington Federals in 1984, right out of college. I know that you were uh, basically immediately traded to the Los Angeles Express and played that 1984 season in LA. How was that one season in the USFL? It was cool. It was cool. It was, uh, you know, I was on a team with a great bunch of guys. Steve Young was on, a, on my team. Uh, nice. uh Guy, kick returner, who was also a running back named Mel Gray. Um, it, there was there was a handful of those guys on that team. Yeah, there's probably about seven or eight guys off of that team that that ended up transitioning from the USFL to the NFL. Um, and also one of the guys who um, uh, I played against while I was here in Cleveland. Um, Dwight Drain, the safety from Buffalo. You know, he was a teammate. So there's a few guys that I had on that team that ended up being, you know, opponents once I got into the NFL. Nice. So was that when you got to the NFL from the USFL? Was that culture shock again, or was it very was it very much the same as like the way things were run? Just thinking about like you know your training camp and practices and things. Was it was it a whole lot different when you got to to the NFL? Uh, not a lot, not, not a whole lot, but, um, I, I must say it was, it was more demanding once I got here to Cleveland. Uh, you know, uh, Marty Schottenheim was the coach. Uh, I had, I, I, you know, I basically walked in not knowing what I was, what I was doing really, you know, I, I knew I could play running back. I just had to prove it. Um, uh, believe it or not, I was still growing, so I hadn't reached my, uh, <laughs> my full weight yet uh, that I ended up playing at at about two thirty here, uh, so it, it, it was you know still a filling out process. And as I filled in and grew, it grew as a as a as a as a person uh, and a player. Uh, you know, there's some some minor adjustments there that I had to get used to. Yeah, and that was in that uh, 1984. It was actually the supplemental draft, wasn't it? That you came over to Cleveland, right? Yes. Yep. So I know you played yeah, for so Cleveland. That was, 
Go ahead. Yeah, I would say so. That would that that turned out to be uh, a pretty good year for us. I think our Ernie, of course, he had, who was the GM at the time, had, had uh, negotiated the deal. Bernie Kozar came in at the same time. Uh, I think Gerald McNe- I think Gerald came in at the same time. So there was a group of guys that that came in to Cleveland in '84, you know, as rookies or transplants from another league that that really, you know, made an impression on the team. A special group of guys for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And I know you played for the Browns from 85 to 93. So tell us a little bit about your time with the team. Uh, You know, it it, it was great. You know, when I, when I first got here, uh, you know, been a little scared country boy, you know, uh, uh, it, it was it was kind of weird because I, I left LA and I came here and it was like okay this is more my speed uh, versus yeah. LA and all the freeways <laughs> and you know all the people uh, it it was a uh, it was a uh, it was kind of a stabilizing time for me you know I I got here uh, everybody kind of knows the story of me and Ernest and you know me and him kind of connected right away so we did a lot of stuff in the off season together. Um, which really helped me out having somebody on the team that um, that really wanted me to succeed, it, uh, wanted to help me succeed and help me learn the way of ways of the NFL and what I needed to really do to be successful. And so obviously that was a, an important relationship for you. I mean, to this day, there's only been, I think, seven instances, including yours, where you've had two running backs go over a thousand yards in a season. What does that mean to you? I mean, it's a pretty special record to to be a part of group group of guys, elite group of guys. You know, it, it's pretty special that that we were able to accomplish that, and, and I, I don't think a lot of people realize that it really came down uh, for us. It came down to the last play of the last game of the season um, in '85. Of, <laughs> uh, I think we were play, I think we were playing the Jets. And uh, Ernest got like seven or eight yards on his last carry that gave him his 1,000 plus yards, you know, rushing. So it, it was kind of a nail biter right down to the end, but but we got it done. <laughs> nice, nice. And I, I know, you know, fullback nowadays means something completely different than it did when you were playing. So can, can you talk about that a little bit? Because we say that you're a fullback and, and people are probably looking at, you know, people that don't know you as well are, are thinking, you know, what, how's a fullback running for a thousand yards? But it was a different time, right? <laughs> it was a different, different time. Uh, yeah, and It was different, you know, and I've had, I've had people, comment to me it's like well you know you're a running back but they list you as a fullback and I'm like yeah I was like I was a fullback you know I played fullback you know, and, and <laughs> they don't get it it's like okay you know and, and it's kind of funny because I remind people I, I have to remind some people it's like you know do you guys realize that Jim Brown was also listed as a fullback when he was here playing uh, yep. and a lot of guys a lot of people yep. don't they don't they don't they don't recall it or they don't remember it. They just think of him as a running back. Um, you know, I I was a little resentful at first when they when they said, oh, you're going to be a fullback. And I'm like, dang, man, I want to be a tailback. You know, well, let, me, let me get back there in the back and have somebody in front of me blocking. Uh, but uh, <laughs> once I learned the system and, and learned 
<laughs> learned uh, uh, what all our full the full bike position entailed. It, it, it was like, okay, I'm fine with this. I can do this. Yeah, let's let's, let's go with it. The only regrets I had those first yeah, yeah. probably that first year was that I uh, I was pretty light. I I, I was only about two fifteen then when I played my rookie year. That's um, a little tough being a so, fullback at two fifteen. Uh, <laughs> Take it yeah, down. yeah, that, but the the speed helped me though. So I was, <laughs> I, I was kind of happy that I, I I was a track runner then, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, obviously that that uh, the tailback fullback combination that we had at the time was was pretty successful. Yeah, um, and you had more yards than the end of the eighty five season anyway. So without without yeah. a, without without yeah. a lead blocker. <laughs> <laughs> that's true so i shouldn't complain right <laughs> yeah so so you, you mentioned something with ernest Biner and 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 kind of uh you guys developing that friendship and somebody wanting you to succeed on the field so with that and and having that kind of special relationship uh when you were a player can you uh speak to you know is there any advice that you want to give younger players especially on this this browns team this year you know, all I would say to these guys is that, you know, hey, stick together. Uh, you are a team. You know, uh, you can't succeed by yourself out there. You know, as long as you st- stick together as a team, battle through what adversities you might come through, have to go through, uh, you know, you, you can succeed. You'll be all right. You can work it out as a team. Uh, but that would probably be my biggest thing is to make sure you, you whatever you do, you do it as a team. Yeah, absolutely. Great advice there. And I know, uh, you know, obviously you had a great career with the Browns, um, but, you know, most guys, they, they kind of get this whole second life after football. Uh, can you tell us what you're up to today? And if you're still, you know, I mean, obviously you're, you're working with the Browns uh, right now, but is, is there anything else that you're doing? Are you involved with the game? Um. Not a whole lot. Like I said, you know, this uh, this whole transition thing that me and my wife are, are starting to go through, it's been taking a lot of time. And I know I don't know if you guys have ever had to renovate a house, but uh, it it can get a, a little scary. <laughs> I'm in the middle of one right now, Kevin. When they, <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So you know what I'm talking about. And they start opening up walls and they start it's, finding It's things. miserable. You go, what? You know? <laughs> You go what? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, but you know, change I think orders. I think it's gonna it'll turn out great, but uh, right now it's just kind of hard to see. You know. But did your contractors knock down your front porch? <laughs> uh, they knocked, no, they knocked they down mine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. We'll do. We'll do insert that video in the. In the don't tell interview. me that's. Um, don't, don't tell me that was that was the one thing you wanted to keep too, right? It was supposed to stay, and that was day one. They knocked the whole thing off my house, so that was great. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh. So, can can you tell us a little bit well, what, about you what, what you've done? I, uh, I, you know, with with. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was I was going to say at least you 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 know you know. You still got. I mean, it's kind of tough for me right now because, um, like I say, I was I was I was in Houston about three weeks ago, and uh, I have no roof. There's no walls. It's like there's not. It's like okay, okay, guys, you know, just put the roof on my house, and I'll be happy right now. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's just kind of crazy. <laughs> like, what if it rains? 
That's what that was, that was my big question too. I'm like, okay, I'm like, if it rains, are any of my boards going to warp? Are these? Is this wood going to yep. hold its place? It's going to. And they were like, yeah, it's fine, but you know, it was 110, so I don't know why I was worried about the rain. Like, <laughs> it would dry up immediately. It hit the right, exactly. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about um, you know the role that you've had with the Browns over the last several years? Yeah, um, you know, I've, I've, this is going on year sixteen for me now with the Browns, and, and uh, this is that I'm actually in my second role. Well, our first role, I, I was in player uh, player development with the team, uh, and was working with um, another former player named Jerry Butler. We were. You know, we we were pretty much um, in the locker room helping guys uh, with whatever problems they might have off the field, dealing with stuff. Um, it, it's kind of a hard role to explain, but uh, you, you know, you have those days where you feel like you don't have enough time to do everything. So we're basically there helping advise them uh, on how to handle their day-to-day life uh, also while, you know, trying to make the team, you know, if you're in training camp, you know, just, just basic things that, you know, most guys don't really think about when they're in the middle of something like that. Because, you know, when you think about it, you know, if you're at a, you're at a team and you're trying to make a team, um, there's a lot of things going on in your life that don't stand still and you still have to, uh, you have to handle those things. So that was my role then. Now I uh, uh, am in alumni relations. Um, at one point, I was running the alumni relations department for the Browns. Uh, but probably the last two, three years, I've moved over to be a consultant, uh, kind of anticipating my move and, and just kind of uh giving somebody else an opportunity to come in and, and, and learn what I did with uh, alumni and how to keep them happy uh, when they're doing stuff for the organization and, and, and they're looking to like come to games and stuff like that. You know, we always help our guys out in, in, in trying to make sure they support the team. Awesome. Yeah. No, and that is great. And I mean, I know that you're probably dealing with a lot of these alumni that are coming on the Browns fan cruise with us. So um, always a good thing. And, and to bring it back to that time that we'll be sharing on the open ocean in March of 2024 and a couple amazing stops along the way. Let's talk about some of the things that everyone should look forward to. Um, what is an event or activity uh, during that cruise that, that you yourself are looking forward to? <laughs> I, you know what? I have no idea. I know I've been on I've been on a few cruises, but it's been a while. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm not a big gambler, so you probably won't see me at the at, in the casino much. Uh, <laughs> but uh, hopefully, hopefully, they got a movie theater. I know uh, all the cruises I've been on, they've always had these little areas where you could hit golf balls uh, off the back of the ship and stuff like that. I'm out. I'm a big golfer, so I love playing golf, and um, I'm just kind of looking forward to to, to kind of getting away and not have to worry about much. Just 
as they can say, let my hair down, which I don't have much of. Um, <laughs> well, you mentioned you mentioned movie theater. Uh, so does that mean you're a movie buff? Or what's your favorite movie? Uh, no, my wife is more of a movie buff than I am. Uh, she, she's always dragging me to movies to see. Uh, sometimes we'll go see them, and, and the next day I can't hardly remember any of it. So uh, <laughs> she's always like, oh, you wasn't paying attention, or you wasn't doing this. Or, I was like, no, you you know, I, I enjoy good movies, so uh, I, I'm probably I'm into more of the the thriller types and then in the action movies. So uh, you give me a little action, I'm I'm always awake and and, and paying attention to those. Nice, nice. Sometimes it's just nice to be in a dark room with some popcorn, right? Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's great. And I know that the fans will be able to kind of mingle with the with the uh, alumni as well. There's not going to be any red ropes or anything like that. So is that something I mean, I know typically you're going to events and there's this there's this, you know, don't cross this line, whatever the case may be. But you're actually going to be able to to get up close and, you know, the fans are going to be able to get up close and personal with you guys and talk and actually have conversations with you. So I'm sure that's going to be a little bit different as well. Are you looking forward to that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you know, being here in Cleveland, um, getting recognized a lot. So, uh, I actually do interact with a lot of people, uh, just out on my own, um, you know, everyday life here in Cleveland, you know, uh, it's, it's kind of funny because, um, I played at two thirty. Uh, so I'm down to 195 now. So a lot of people, I'll walk by them and they'll give me a double take and they're not sure. They'll, they'll look like, and they'll go, are you? And then I think they'll call out somebody's name and it's not me. And I'm like, no, you got the wrong guy. <laughs> and then when I tell them who I am, they go, oh my God. They be like, oh God, you look great. You know, it's like, how did you lose so much weight? Uh, but you know, it, it's kind of funny to see some of the reactions sometimes and then, it's always great for us uh, as former players here in Cleveland that uh, to have conversations uh, with our fans and stuff here. I know game day, I'm at the stadium um, on game day, and, and I always have quite a few interactions with, with, with fans who are there. Awesome. So this is just, this is just another day for you, <laughs> except it's on a cruise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> so, so you're so you're built more like a basketball player now. What what is your secret to your fitness? Uh there's no secret. Just hey, I just cut back on what I was. You know, you, you always got to cut back on what you're eating. Uh, you hate to do it, but you know, as you get older, uh, you know, I turned 61 in August, so. Uh, uh, my wife keeps reminding me, "Hey, you're not you're not as young as you used to be," and I'm like, "Yeah, I've realized that." Uh, and then you have aches and pains from from playing the game. Uh, um, so uh, you know some of the injuries and stuff that you you have sometimes require you to 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 get to a lower weight where you can where you can manage <clears throat> manage your your pain. Like I have uh, I have a knee that I need re- replaced, so. Uh, Instead of going in and getting it replaced, I, f- I figured I could lose some weight and put it off for a couple more years before I have to really do it. That's, I mean, that's fair. I, I, I would rather have my own knee than, than a fake knee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
No, but I do, I do know. So with the Browns fan crews, I do know that there is a Browns backers organization uh, competition out there uh, for the fan crews. The, uh, some of the uh, winnings that go to the chapter with the most uh, most bookings is the chapter with the most bookings will get an all expenses paid balcony cabin for two on the Browns fan cruise. The chapter with the highest members to bookings ratio also gets an all expenses paid ocean view cabin for two. All members of the winning chapter will receive a specialty dining pass for two guests and all members of the winning chapter will receive a Browns fan cruise commemorative Cleveland Browns autographed football. So do you have anything you want to say to Browns backers across the nation and, and honestly the world? Cause we know they're everywhere uh, specifically. Yeah. I mean, I, I think those guys are great. I mean, I, you know, I think about um, the amount of Browns backers that, um, that were around when I played. I mean, we, we, we had a, we had a, quite a few, um, but I think it's exploded over the years. Um, since I've been back with the team, when I in my first role, I did traveling uh, on game day with the team, whether it was uh, especially on away games. Uh, me and the other guy, we would alternate away games and, and travel. So in traveling with the team, I just noticed that the crowds at, at the away games got bigger and bigger. Uh, I, and I, and I didn't, and I'm not talking about, you know, the home team. I'm talking about Browns, uh, Browns backers folks. Um, and through the years, uh, I've had more and more Browns backers, um, reach out, contact me to, to do events. Uh, one, uh, right near my hometown in Charlotte. I was there about three years ago or so. I think it was, it was right before the pandemic when we played the the Panthers down there. So uh, they actually uh, have brought me in, had me as a guest there. And I thought it was just mind boggling that there was a Browns backers organization in Charlotte and it was a huge crowd too. Um, <laughs> I just know over the years yep. uh, with all the away games that, um, that those away visits, uh, the crowds for the Browns are bigger and bigger each year. And that's, that's a great thing. Yeah, for sure. The Browns backers <clears throat> really do some good work. I know even besides cheering on the Browns in our opponents, uh, home cities, uh, you know, they, they do a lot of, uh, charity work. They do a lot of, uh, uh, community service. So, you know, they're doing really good things across the nation and again, across the world. I know I just went to Ireland. There's a Browns backers organization in Dublin. So they're literally everywhere. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, good luck to those guys. Uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, uh, there's, there's lots of bookings from them because there's a lot of Browns backers that I would like to talk to on, on the ship. Um, are you close to wrapping? Because I got a couple questions. Yeah. Um, real quick. So, um, you know, obviously, the fact that you played in in the backfield for the Cleveland Browns for a long time and have been involved in the alumni side of things, um, I just didn't know. You know, given that this year we lost uh, the great Jim Brown, if you had any special memory or just uh, just words to say about um, just any you know his your relationship with him or just anything special that you might want to bring up here. Oh, Jim was, Jim was, uh, he was a great friend. Uh, it is interesting that you say that because, um, um, when I came back to, to the Browns in 07, um, uh, me and Jim had offices beside each other. So it, it was, it was, 
it was it was kind of funny at times because I guess he found out I played golf. Um, and Jim was a he's a big golfer. He loves to play golf. Uh, I think any and every time he came to Cleveland, he wanted to play golf. So at, at one point <laughs> during during our, our I think it was course no it, I could have been training I think it was training camp one year he came in almost every day to ask me to go play golf and I'm like Jim you know I'm getting fired trying to go out and play golf with you every day I was like you're cool you're safe but me I think they'll let me go in a heartbeat <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> It was something that me and him kind of laughed about all the time. I was like, uh, you know, Jim, I don't, I'm trying, I'm not trying to get fired just so I can go out and play golf. So, uh, we might have to, uh, we might have to orchestrate this. We have to pull this together in a different way. Take some time off and go play with you. So, um, but he would always come by. He's like, Hey, big guy, what you doing? Let's go hit some. And I'm like, I'm shaking my head. He knows what I'm going to say. He knows I'm going to say yes. I mean, who's going to say, who's going to say no to Jim Brown, right? Oh, so um, I know, we, I we had a lot of fun together out on the <laughs> golf course together. Uh, <laughs> uh, but um, I, I can't remember how old he would have been then, but um, he he was still on the off the golf tee. He was still hitting the ball straight and right down the middle. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. It is awesome. Uh, no, and then one other question um, that I missed here. So um, during your time in Cleveland, uh, did you have a, a specific off-the-field memory? I know you kind of become a family with your teammates. Uh, you kind of learn to call Cleveland home, uh, even if you're from a different area. So it was there, there a special memory off the field from your time in Cleveland that you remember most? Uh, yeah, I, I do. I, 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 uh, it's like when I got here, you know, it, it's like a lot of guys, you know, a lot of, there was a quite a few guys who, who already knew each other. They, they were, they were good friends and they do stuff with their families and they were always doing stuff together. So, um, you know, even though I grew up down South, I wasn't, I wasn't a, a big guy for going out on the water and stuff in boats. So, um, one of our teammates, Eddie Johnson, uh, the linebacker, I don't know if you guys remember him, um, but he had invited me and about three or four other guys out to go fishing out on Lake Erie. And I'm thinking, okay, this is cool. Yeah. It's, it's like, if he's inviting this many guys, it's gotta be a big boat. So it was a nice size boat. We were on, we were out <laughs> Lake Erie fishing. It's early in the morning, kind of cloudy. The boat starts moving up and down, up and down. Um, the captain of the, the boat offer us coffee. So they had put milk in the coffee. And we're on this boat. I'm sitting there drinking coffee. And about 45 minutes later, I'm sick as a dog. I'm hanging over the edge of the boat. Everything I ate and drank is coming out. And these guys are just, oh, they're just rolling. They're laughing at me. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, hey, can we go back? And they're like, no, no. You got about five more hours. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to die out of here. Uh, it was just like one of the most awful sick feelings you could have but there's no 
nothing you can do about it. And once I got it out of my system, I was fine. Uh, but they, the, those guys, they told that story for a long time, you know, about me getting sick on the boat. It's like, okay, all right, I got to find something to get back at you guys with. <laughs> so it was Eddie Johnson. Was it one of those things just one of them. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, Ernest, uh, Reggie Langhorn, Eddie Johnson, I think Stephen Braggs was on the boat. It was, it was just, it was a nightmare for me, but they loved it. They, all they could do was laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and so it sounds like it's one of those things, like every chance they got, hey, remember when Mac threw up on the on the boat? <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so so fun times still a little stuff like that you run into what you, you have with your teammates that you know kind of bring you a little closer together and also you know leave you with a little bit of, okay i gotta pay these guys guys back too you know <laughs> yeah awesome um no great story appreciate the the candid look back there i know we're we're running up against time here um you know we really appreciate all the time you spent with us but i did want to get um just your thoughts on this year's uh browns team in the season and any expectations you have for this year <laughs> um well i try to i try to hold down the expectations but I, I think they have a good team. I, I think they have a good team, and I and I I, I don't want to jump off the cliff and say they're going to be the the, the the next Super Bowl champs, but um, I think they're going to surprise a lot of people this year. I don't think people are really expecting them to do that well. I know we're 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 hoping Deshaun recovers some of his um, his skills and, and his. Uh, the way he played, you know, in Houston, you know, everybody wants to see that come come to Cleveland. Um, but you know, when you when you consider he he's been out for quite a while, it's it's more of a exercise in patience. He's going to have to be patient with it. Um, but I think it, it's going to come, and I think it's when it, when he gets right and he starts playing the way he can, I, I think our offense is going to explode. Um, and I'm very, very pleased to see how the additions to the, the defensive has uh, really shored up our defense quite a bit. Um, I think we're going to surprise a lot of people this year. They're not going to expect the, the guys to play the way that they're going to. Um, and I think they're going to be they're going to be lights out. Awesome. Nice, yeah. I mean, it, it, like you said, there have been improvements uh, uh, on both sides of the ball, so it's it's it's, ex- it's an exciting time. Uh, we're looking forward to the rest of the season, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, you're right, and they are going to surprise, uh, shock the world, um, and, and do something really big here. Um, Kenny picked them to go like I don't know six and six and eleven or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> He's 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 the old pessimistic. I, I think they'll be. A, I think like, they'll I've just be a been burned bit. too many times, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know what you mean. Um, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I, it's just you know, it's a you know, when you think about it, it's a different game. They approach the game differently these days. Um, they, you know, when when I played, we came to training camp, we beat each other to death. So by the time we got to the regular season, we knew we were ready to play because we were practicing 100 percent each other against each other in in, in training camp. Um, these guys, they 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 
do the lift a little differently. They, they, they kind of ease their way into it. They don't want to get anybody injured or lose anybody doing training camp or preseason. So, um, they don't have as many snaps in preseason as we used to have. Um, so that kind of slows their progress, uh, at the beginning of the season. And I think that's, you know, it's just my opinion. That's what you see, you know, from different teams around the league. It just depends on how they're playing, how they're practicing, doing training camp and, and how much effort they're really putting into it to simulate a hundred percent, you know, on the field. Um, so it usually takes guys, you know, a game or two to get caught up. But once they do get caught up, you know, then they start rolling. Fair. Yeah, and I think we've seen that the last, especially the last couple of years as uh, training camp has kind of been, uh, I hate to use the word softer, but it's just been, you know, the, it's minimized been, a bit. Yeah, the, the impact on the players and things like that. Uh, we've seen exactly what you're talking about, and it takes usually two, three, four weeks for them to ramp up in the regular season. So. Yeah. Ke- yeah. Kevin, I got one more rapid fire for you. Okay. You, you and your primer, Nick Chubb, who wins? Wait a minute. Say that again. <laughs> I say, say you or Nick Chubb in your prime, who wins? <laughs> uh, probably Nick. <laughs> I would give it to him. He he has he has more uh, he has more breakaway speed than I had. <laughs> uh, once once Nick gets out in front of you, I don't think you're catching him. <laughs> It's a humble answer. <laughs> yeah, he's he's an impressive guy, so I mean, it's, it's hard to pick against Nick Chubb. And, and, yeah. Hey. But no, hey. uh, uh, listen, Kevin, hey, we, we really my, appreciate my, your time. My, Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say Nick's my favorite guy, my favorite player on the team. So you know, hey, I got to, I got to, I got to show him some props. <laughs> Uh, we're with you. <laughs> yeah, us too. We 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 uh, can't stop talking about Chubb here. Uh, <laughs> but no, we uh, I I like I said, we really appreciate your time. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, we won't keep you any longer, but we will probably be catching up with you on the fan cruise in March of 2024. So again, Kevin, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. All right, guys. Thank you for having me. I'm Kevin Mack, and you're listening to Burning River Sportscast. Go Brown. Man, good time talking with Kevin Mack, huh? Kevin Mack. That's my dude. (laughs) K-E-V-I-N. That's what you were telling me. That's how you spell his name. Yeah, Mack. The Mack truck. Yeah, Kevin Mack. Um... Look, I'm looking forward to seeing Kevin Mack on the cruise. It'll be a good time. He looks like uh, he's ready to go. There's just so many good alumni on this thing. Like, I thought, you know, first year we're doing a fan cruise, we'd probably throw a few names out there. Maybe you know some, maybe you don't, whatever. No, it's just like an all-star lineup of alumni that they're bringing out. And it's awesome because it's guys from 
the past teams that were great and teams that um, you know we grew up with that, that we watched. Yeah. So it's, it's a good mix of of younger guys, older guys, and they all just have incredible stories. I mean, I've been some of the things the that these guys have wild, man. told us so far. Like I've been absolutely blown away by. So I can't wait to get on this big boat and hear all their big tales. I'm a little scared still. I, I've never been on a cruise. I'm not scared that anything's going to happen. I've just never been on a cruise. Once the cruise is over and we're headed back to port, I'm definitely pushing you overboard. <laughs> Thank you. If I fall off the cruise, even if we're just in port, you fall off. It's like a hundred feet to the I'm water. I'm gonna get man. really hurt. Oh yeah, you'll probably die. Thank you. He just on air said he's gonna kill me when we get you, back to port. I think you got to break the tension of the water. You know, you got to have something fall before you hit. And that'll is that'll that the help. key? Yes, I believe that's the key. This is why we're bringing Bone Man. He but can wait, save our lives. Don't all things fall at the same velocity? Yeah, but if you throw it in front of you. How yeah. small does this thing have to it be? Just, you know, it's like just, a pebble? It needs to create a ripple in the water, break the tension. Ca- I gotta like, carry a pebble with me. Like when Olympic swimmers have the fountain running. Yeah, 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 exactly. So you could yeah. spit, maybe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I actually have some things in the facts for Daysport that might help you with this. Oh, okay, we'll get there in a minute. But for now, let's get into the week six preview. <laughs> All right, guys, this week we have the San Francisco 49ers, and I know you're dreading it just as much as I am because this is going to be a tough one to preview. I mean tough as in, like, we're probably all going to say they're going to lose. But let's let's back it up a little bit. Kenny, you got any matchup previews or opposition research for us? Um, it's going to be a tough game. <laughs> Genius! Look, Hot take by Kenny Thunder. <laughs> the 49ers are five and zero. They got the whiz kid, Mister Relevant, back there at quarterback. Um, great, well coached team on both sides of the ball. Um, they've got stability out there. They've, they've got a lot of the same guys. Um, the, that middle linebacker out there is Warner. Is, is it Fred Warner? It's incredible. Um, they just they don't have a lot of question marks anywhere on that team no, right now. No, no, so no, no. Um, I think you could pick any matchup and go. Yeah, like it's gonna be tough. There's gonna be a matchup there. We'll see what happens. So yeah, so the two uh, I did highlight two of them. So I'm just gonna throw those out there. Um, the first one is the Browns' offensive line versus the 49ers' defensive line. And you might be saying, why is this a highlighted matchup? Well, I'll tell you why. Because our offensive line has been ass, and their defensive line has been unbelievable. So. The game may be won for them and lost for us just simply right here. Like, this may be the entire game. I mean, obviously, Nick Bosa, phenomenal. Um, Javon Hargrave, I, you, you don't find much more defenders more stout than no. Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstrong in the middle. Um, Clellan Farrell, he had a good game this weekend, um, so I don't know. I mean, he's just as capable as anybody else in the defensive line of having a good game. So, um, like I said, I think that Fred Warner at, at linebacker is just an absolute monster. So, um, yeah. I think the things that that defensive line does opens up holes for him to make impact plays. Yep. And then uh, next up here, Browns DBs versus Brock Purdy. And I put this one in here because I think it's interesting. Uh, the Browns DBs have been <laughs> solid. Uh, and Brock Purdy has apparently been really good too. Um, but I don't know if he's just been uber efficient or he's actually like a, a really good quarterback. I, I don't really, <clears throat> I don't really know. Um, I don't get to see enough Brock Purdy to to really make a, a good judgment call on him. Um, I would say this. I just said there's no question marks on that team. Brock Purdy is the one question mark that's on that team. Now that he's 
bad or going to lose them the game. I just still it's, don't it's know. It's just, it, it feels know. almost like how long is this going to last? Yeah, like I just don't know what he is exactly. Yeah, he's he's, he's better than Trey Lance. He's, pro- <laughs> he's, he's proven to obviously be someone that they have confidence in, that they would trade Trey Lance uh, away for. Um, obviously, he does nothing but win. Um, All I do is win, 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 no matter what. But I just wonder, like, the song is just not oh, to be used oh, with or without. Oh, oh. All roads lead back to Baker Mayfield, right? There's oh, a reason. God, there's, why? A, there's a reason Baker. Why? There's a reason Baker wanted to go to San Francisco when he Nobody's got. Nobody's going to listen to this episode. It's just all Baker Mayfield. When he got flipped around last year, he wanted to go to San Francisco because they have a really good football team around them. Yeah. So I, whether it was Brock, but like, it, would Kirk Cousins be effective in San Francisco right now? Like would they be yeah. would they be five and zero with Kirk Cousins? Yeah, like, probably, probably. So that's that's what I mean. Like I don't, especially because Kirk Cousins thrown saying, for like like some stupid amount of yards so far. This well, yeah, season. like I'm not saying the, the the Brock Purdy's trash. I'm just saying I don't know what Brock Purdy is really. He's played yeah. ten NFL games. I think to your point, I think the team covers up a lot of his blemishes. Yeah, I think if there if there are things about his game that aren't that strong yet, it, he's got so many playmakers around him and so much veteran leadership and, and good coaching around him that it insulates him from making mistakes that are really really bad. Yeah, so. I Again, that's that's part of why I put that in is is like a matchup <clears throat> to watch is because I just don't get to see enough Brock Purdy to make a real judgment on what he actually is. All he does is win, though. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and speaking of which, uh, the 49ers as a team, you mentioned it already, they have a 5-0 and record. Uh, they're coming off a dominant win over the Cowboys. And, and here's the deal. I hate to say this because we are Browns fans here. We root for the Browns. We want the Browns to do well. But their team is just better right now. Um, the Browns are not in a good place at the moment. We have all kinds of things going off, off going on off the field um, as far as injuries, non-injuries, pointing fingers, who knows what's going on. And we're just not in a good place right now, and they're in a phenomenal place. Um, so I think this is going to be a, a, probably the biggest test of the rest of the year. And it could be a real uh, uh, turning point in the season, one way or the other. I think if they can somehow find a way to win this one, it can potentially catapult you into starting <clears throat> to win more games and 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 make helping you take that next step. Well, and what I said at the very open was like, is this the first real measuring stick game of the year for the Browns? Because we've heard ad nauseum, best team on paper, like. Here you go. You get the opportunity to play against one of the best teams in the NFL. This is clearly one of the premier right teams. Right now, this in the is NFL. clearly the best team so in the NFL. So, how you stack up against this team, position by position and output versus output, like this is going to determine, at least for a little while, like how good this team actually is and how far they can go. Because you really haven't had a test like this against a good team. You've kind of played down to every opponent that you've played with, and you got burned a couple times, and you came out on the right side a couple times. So um, this is a team that's not going to let you let, let you beat them. You're going to have to take it. Yeah, I agree. And, and I will say, conversely, if they get blown out in this one, I mean that could we, we're seeing all the finger pointing already starting behind the scenes here, and and it could just get exponentially oh, it's gonna worse. get ugly. The whole thing could literally just implode yet again, like we're used to seeing in Cleveland Browns history. The Browns so. are going to be searching for another buy <laughs> if they get blown out this week. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, but bef- uh, before we move on here and get to our picks for this game and the rest of the AFC North, uh, Kenny, what's the injury report? All 
right. Uh, injuries. Uh, obviously, Deshaun Watson that we talked about, uh, no one knows today. He's listed as out. Um, so hopefully that changes as the week goes on um, because it could really be uh, not a good scenario for DTR. Dude, if DTR has to play this team, <sighs> if DTR one, plays one team, he might die, and two... If he sur- he might never play football again. If he might just be like, I'm done. If he um, survives and wins, though, he puts his name on the map forever. If he if DTR plays and wins this game, those uh, all those conversations that were put to bed last week are going to start up just yeah. just that quick again. Right, he'll be the franchise quarterback. Oh God! Uh, po- I love being a Cleveland Browns fan. It's the best. I fucking love it. <laughs> Pochick, uh, questionable considered day to day, along with the rest of our offensive line. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was the, during the Titans' loss or the uh, uh, Ravens' loss because um, we beat the Titans. Miles um, Garrett also listed as questionable. He's always uh, questionable. With I feel a like. left foot injury as well. But, Miles Garrett's always questionable. He's always listed with like left foot, right shoulder, uh, rib. Like he has like you know six what injuries. I've noticed is he still has all that kinetic tape on his um, shoulder from the car accident last year. Kinetic tape though is is like one of those things that if players use it for a while and it feels good, they just keep using it. I guess so. It's like a a drug. Um, Alex Wright questionable. Um, exited Sunday's game against the Ravens with. Uh, Chest injury is all they're calling it. So those are the big names out right now. Again, I think um, Miles Garrett probably plays. Um, Deshaun Watson, we're hoping, plays. Um, don't know about Alex Wright or Ethan Pochick at this point, and the rest of these guys are injured reserve. Um, on the injury front for the San Francisco 49ers, Elijah Mitchell is listed currently as out. Um, and he's really the only one. I mean, that team is pretty healthy right now. They've got a couple of guys on injured reserve and pup, but um, I mean, obviously they're a great team, but that probably plays into why they're five and zero. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, the <laughs> every inj- other team it seems like in the, the injury NFL bug is, is destroyed right now. Is a real thing, and to only have one guy really that's um, even in the last month that's got banged up. That's impressive. So. So, fully healthy say, 49ers team against a not so healthy Cleveland Browns team with a quarterback is, that we don't know who's going to play or uh, when. Which is weird because we're coming out of the bye. We should be healthy, but you'd think that. Uh, anyways, uh, players to watch. Let's go ahead and go around the horn here, boys, and uh, we'll start with Bone Man. Who you got? Who's your player to watch in this game? I got to say, Miles Garrett. I think our defense needs to set set the tone this week, and. Uh, yeah, just just get on Purdy and, and make some moves. Get on Purdy. <laughs> our defense has got to keep us in the game. Um, I was kind of thinking back to the the Pittsburgh game. I felt like there was some really hard hitting that Monday night. Uh, Pittsburgh, you know, hit us too. But I feel like the Browns D was was rocking some people as well. So Fair. hopefully, uh, bring some smash mouth AFC North football against them uh, San Francisco Forty ers I like it, Kenny. Um. I think the running game has to be there for us to win the game. <laughs> it's been non-existent since it's Nick been Trump non-existent. Um, Pierre Strong has led the Browns in rushing the last two times out from the running back perspective. I'm going to go with Pierre Strong as my player to watch, just because he's our leading rusher. Apparently, um, you <laughs> know, mark. if Kareem Hunt ends up getting the bulk of the carries, then like he'd be my player to watch. Same for Jerome Ford. I just don't. I mean, at this we'll point, we'll just say lead back. Yeah, lead. Whoever ends up being the lead back, because they have to. They probably have to rush for. 100. I guarantee you, we come back next week. They all get like six carries. Yeah, but Pierre Strong will probably have six carries for 29 yards, and he'll be a leading back. So lead back. Um, at some point. 
they have to either give him more carries or less, or less these guys less because he's their leading rusher every week. Um, so, yeah, I'll stamp it. I'm going Pierre Strong. Uh, I think he's going to have a big week. I think they're going to finally figure out, Whoa. hey, this guy has some wheels, and uh, I think he goes for 110, 115, and uh, it puts the Browns in a position to win this game. What? That was I was not expecting that. I'm a little shook. Uh, listen, I'm going to be boring here. But, I mean, it's true. I'm going with Deshaun Watson just because we don't know if he's going to play. If he does play, is he going to be effective? I mean, technically he's out right now, so you can't even pick him. You have to pick DTR. Well, even still, I guess I would go with DTR if he was the one playing. But um, No, we're still – I mentioned it earlier in the show. We're still waiting on Deshaun to earn any part of his $230 million. Um, we're still waiting on more than a mere glimpse of the player he was in Houston. So – those are the things I'm looking for. As you can tell, I'm starting my my uh, Deshaun Watson confidence meter is quickly coming farther and farther down, and especially with the antics these past couple of weeks. I Here's just, a I'm scary not. thought: What if he's done? What if he's Russell Wilson? I mean, I agree. He could be washed. What if he's washed? And that's uh, that is a very scary thought because we did the same thing that the goddamn Denver Broncos <laughs> did and paid him two hundred and some million dollars. Yeah, yeah, in all of our draft stock. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> King of the North! <laughs> All right, so in case anyone doesn't know by now, this is our year-long AFC North pick'em competition at the end of the season whoever comes in last place gets punished in the offseason this year kenny who was in last place last year had a gross of eggs thrown at him by fans in the muni lot before a preseason game we have not figured out what the punishment will be this year but we will soon and we will let you know we're taking suggestions if you have them call into the hot take hotline and leave that on there it will be gross um but yeah so with that uh let's go ahead and jump into things here uh we've all had a lot of bad picks this season uh but i've had the least amount of bad picks out of everybody so uh there's that uh let's go ahead i think this does go to show that the afc north is hard to predict it's true but especially i will remind everyone of the records before we uh make this week's picks uh my record sits at six and eight bone man is at five and nine and kenny is at four and ten How's it feel being on bottom? We're coming back this week, though. Come back? Coming back. If I wanted to come back, I would have wiped it off your forehead. Mm, <laughs> I would have wiped it off your mom's forehead. Seriously, again? Cindy. Andrew dropping her name. Wow. After the- Cindy Jams, where are you? <laughs> All right. Anyways, let's get into these games. Uh, the Steelers are on by this weekend, feeling good with their start to the season. Well, yeah, they're in first place. Fuck them. Yeah. Uh, but this week, uh, Baltimore travels to Tennessee to play the Titans. Uh, Kenny, who do you got? Uh, I'm going to Baltimore in this one. I think they got embarrassed last week, losing that game to um, Pittsburgh. I think they come out uh, on fire this week, and Lamar probably throws for three touchdowns and, and rushes for 100 yards. I think he he's just going to have to be the whole team for a while. Um, and Tennessee's they've played better since we played them, but I just still think they're not very good. Nice. Bowman? Yeah, hey, i got to go Baltimore. Their defense is still stacked. Uh, yeah, Lamar to Mark Andrews. Damn it. So it's going to be a clean sweep again. We're all picking Baltimore. That that really burned us last week. Yeah. 
Sure did. Not this week. Not this week, apparently. Uh, you heard it from Bone Man first. You heard it straight from his bones. Uh, next up, Seattle visits Cincinnati. Um, we'll go with Bone first. Who you got in this one? Seattle. My Ooh, man Gino. Seattle. He's going to come into Cincinnati and uh, get a big win for Seattle. Keep keep their uh, their winning winning ways going. All but, right. Uh, I'm going Seattle as well because I think Gino is. Um, is just still on a resurgence tear. I think that uh, the other thing that Seattle has done in recent weeks really well is run the ball. Um, that helps. And I think that if you look at their running game versus Cincinnati's, Joe Mixon is, again, we've talked about Joe Mixon. Like, Joe Mixon's fastest prime, I think. He's still a serviceable back in this league. Um, but I've never been that impressed where I was like, this guy's a no, top five No, I was always back. pretty unimpressed. Um, so I just think that they're running the ball really well right now. And I think that, uh, I think Gino is, is, is a tough out. He's good. He's a tough out. Well, here's where some things may differ because I'm picking Cincinnati in this one. I like them at home. Um, I liked what I saw out of Joe Burrow last week, uh, and I mean, I didn't like it because it's bad for us in the AFC North. But you love Joe Burrow, but Joe Burrow played a lot better last week. Jamar Chase uh, looks like Jamar Chase. I think uh, I think maybe that calf is finally starting to heal up for Joe Burrow, and I see them getting a big win at home. Uh, to keep climbing back into the standings here in the AFC North. You love Joe Burrow, and when the Cincinnati Bengals make the playoffs, you're going to root for them. I will never root for the Cincinnati Bengals. You love them. Uh, next up is the 49ers coming to town to take on our Cleveland Browns. So I will start this one. Guys, I think this is going to be much closer than people think. Uh, as much as I've talked bad about the Browns uh, and, and being the worst football team and um, just just uh, having a trouble competing in certain areas. I, I do think that the defense is going to come in just balls out. And <laughs> They're going to bring their balls out. <laughs> if you just showed up a Miles Garrett's balls. balls out, I'd be afraid. I would be afraid too. <laughs> Miles, uh, put your balls away. But I, I think I think Miles Garrett and that that front seven is going to put pressure on Brock Purdy, and I think that uh, I think they're going to rattle him a little bit. And uh, I think it's going to be a defensive battle, a low-scoring game. I see it. I see the 49ers winning, uh, but my score on this one is like 17-10, 17-13. Somewhere in that range. Bone, what do you got? I want to do a homer pick so bad. Do but it. Don't be scared. Uh, man, it bitch. could be big. It could be big, right, for uh, my, my tally there. I also don't want to end up getting destroyed in the – and the punishment. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. can't do it. I gotta pick the 49ers. Oh, uh, I think I'm with you. The eternal optimist has turned our, on the Cleveland Browns. Our defense is 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 gonna uh, show up. What's, um, your, what's your score here, Bone? I'm disappointed. Let in me you. give you a score. Um, disappointed in you? Bone. I don't know. Uh, make it like 2017. A, ooh, okay. I was gonna say make it like a wacky one, like 14 to two. <laughs> I almost did it. I almost picked them. I just you still I can. Huh? <laughs> I couldn't do it. Kenny, what do you got? This is this is usually the time where Kenny's like, "I'm gonna go against the grain. I'm gonna do it here. I'm gonna pick the Browns, and they're gonna lose." Um, I think the Browns are coming off a bye. The 49ers are making the West Coast trip. That is a good point. There we go. There we um, go. I. 
I, your your argument might swing Bone Man, and he might be like, ah, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna change my pick. I still don't know what to make of Brock Purdy, but if there's any defensive coordinator in the league that I think can come up with a game plan to mitigate his effectiveness, I believe it's Jim Schwartz. Are you doing it to him? Are you doing it? Browns thirty one. Do it to him. Dude, Did you just say true. 31 to 20? You think we're going to score 31 points on the 49ers? Now, let me preface this. This is a Deshaun place. If DTR plays, we're going to lose by 100. But, but if Deshaun <laughs> but you have plays. have to make a pick, so. But if Deshaun plays, look, I think this is this is put up or shut up time, right? Like, yep. you got this whole team you spent all this money on. You put all this work in the offseason. The best team on paper. We've heard it over and over and over again. You've got $230 million invested in that quarterback. Stand up and act like this is a team that you were built to be. Go out and take it from them. Hell yes. Zach, change my pick. He's done it. Hell yes. We got Browns 2017. <laughs> Boneman has changed his pick. Browns 2017. I am the only the only Browns fan on this show that is not taking the Browns to beat the 5 and 0 49ers. This is the first flip. pandemonium here. Flipping King of the North history. I think it is. That was wild, man. He's, he's done it to me. I'm so excited. <laughs> Do you know what that takes us to? That takes us to the Burning of a Sports Cast. I'll take a All right, everybody. Don't forget to call the Hot Take Hotline. Remember, these are hot takes. We want to know why the 49ers will lose to the Cleveland Browns. We want to know what is so good about the Browns, why we keep watching them, why there's so many Browns backers organizations. What the hell are we doing with so many fans when we just seem to give our fans heartbreak? But we love them. I love them. We'll take hot takes. I love takes. them so much. We'll take cold takes. We'll take any takes at all. Bring your takes. We want hot takes. We want hot takes. We want hot takes. We want hot takes. 330 227 8080. 330 227 8080. 330 227 8080. Call now. Operators are not standing by. Just the machine. Just the machine. And be sure to check out our gear at www.thetappinmedia.com/shop. And that'll do it for us, Kenny. So what can we expect next week? What can we expect next week? That's the question I ask. Are you not here? You got no snare in your headphones? <laughs> um, I'll tell you what we're going to expect next week. We're going to have a fucking celebration as a big 49ers win. Hell yes! <laughs> Let's go! And then, of course, we'll follow that up with another interview with the Brownsbackers chapter. Uh, probably not that one that you wrote into the script because I don't think we played the Titans again. Uh, but we will talk with another Brownsbackers Central chapter. Indiana Central Brownsbackers. Indiana. Better, better, better. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we will have another fan cruise interview with one of our favorite alumni, John Greco. Um, and then we will preview the weeks of a matchup, which I already fucking did against the Indianapolis Colts. So uh, we don't even have to have that part of the show. <laughs> but we're going to anyways, because we'd all, me and Bone would like to talk about it. <laughs> uh, so don't forget to check us out on social media. Uh, Tappin Media is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Tappin Media. And Burning River Sportscast, that's this podcast, is on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Burning River Sportscast, and on X at Burning River Pod. And don't forget, you can find our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm talking to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Pandora, Heart Radio Podcasts, Good Cup, so, so, so much more. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good one. <laughs> Kenny, you know what that takes us to? Back to
some facts. Facts for days. Uh, remember when we were talking about when I threw you overboard and you need to get uh, to the ocean? The tension. Then Zach mentioned you need to break the tension in order not to die. Yeah, okay. I have a couple of facts for you here. What's the first one? Uh, these are all about um, different speeds Water in balloons. which things leave your body. Oh, okay. Um, so, uh, fact number one. A cough can travel as fast as 50 miles per hour Woo-hoo! and expel almost 3,000 droplets in just one go. That's one of those big ones, right? Where- yeah, so as you're falling from the top of the cruise, you can just give it a boop. 50 miles an hour might make it down there faster. Wow, incredible. If that doesn't work, number two, a sneeze can travel up to 100 miles per hour and create upwards of 100,000 droplets. Oh, goodness gracious. That's how the COVID spread. That is how the COVID spreads. 100% that's how it spread. It did not spread, number three. And number three is the only one that I would not recommend on your way off a cruise ship into the ocean. What is it? Uh, the point of ejaculation, sperm are traveling pretty fast, approximately 28 miles per hour. In order Whoa. to get that out in front of me, <laughs> I would have to go so fast yeah. on my way down. <laughs> Just wank it out, man. Uh, they are very quick, though. You're under a lot of pressure at that point, uh, too. <laughs> 28 miles an hour. You'll get a speeding ticket in the school zone. Um, oh, man. And then once they're inside a vagina, they can move even more quickly. Within five minutes of ejaculation, your sperm may have already entered the fallopian tubes. It's over for you. It's over for you. But I don't recommend ejaculating on the way off a cruise ship because it's hard pass. One, it'd be difficult to do. And two, it'd be difficult to do. The the sneeze (laughs) is probably your best bet if you can because this travel fast and have a bunch of droplets. So definitely breaking the surface tension of the water, thus protecting your innards, your skeleton, and all your bones. Oh, okay. And don't just be a part of the problem. Be the whole problem. And only you can prevent River fires. Burning rivers, Moshkas! Burning rivers! Burning rivers! Burning rivers, Moshkas! So many fluids leaving your body. That's what we bring to you on the Burning Rivers Moshkast. How fast can you spit? Um. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, while we have the crew here, I mean, let's figure that out, you know? Um. Alphys, can you spit? Burning river. Burning river. Burning river. Radio voice, I like that. Burning river. (sighs) Um, There once was a burning river. You can spit over 19 feet in five seconds, so do the math. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That's fast. Burning river. Burning river sportscast. Stop tapping me over there. Browns fan cruise and a Burning River sports cast. What better combination could you possibly think of? A little scared still. I, I've never been on a cruise. I'm not scared that anything's going to happen. I've just never been on a cruise. Once the cruise is over and we're headed back to port, I'm definitely pushing you overboard. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> if I fall off the cruise, even if we're just in port. You fall off, it's like 100 feet to the I'm water, I'm going to get really hurt. <laughs> oh, yeah, you'll probably die. Thank you. He just on air said he's going to kill me when we get back to port. I think you got to break the tension of the water. You know, you got to have something fall before you hit. (laughs) Is that the key? Yes, I believe that's the key. This is why we're bringing Bone Man. He can save our lives. Don't all things fall at the same velocity? Yeah, but if you throw it in front of you. How yeah. small does this thing have to it be? Just, you know, it's, like it's, a pebble? It needs to create a ripple in the water. Break the tension. Ca- I like, gotta carry a pebble with me. Like when Olympic swimmers have the fountain running. Yeah, 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 exactly. She could spit, yeah. maybe. Motorboat? You play the motorboat? You motorboat, son of a bitch. You old sailor, you. you. Now, let me preface this. This is a Deshaun place. If DTR plays, we're gonna lose by 100. 
But but if Deshaun but you have plays, to make a pick, so. but if Deshaun plays, look, I think this is this is put up or shut up time, right? Like yep. you got this whole team you spent all this money on, you put all this work in the offseason, the best team on paper. We've heard it over and over and over again. You've got two hundred thirty million dollars invested in that quarterback. Stand up and act like this is a team that you were built to be. Go out and take it from them. Hell yes, Zach. Change my pick. He's done it. Hell yes. We got Browns 2017. <laughs> Boneman has changed his pick. Browns 2017. I am the only the only Browns fan on this show that is not taking the Browns to beat the 5 and 0 49ers. This is, this is the first pl- pandemonium here. Flipping King of the North history. I think it is. That was wild, man. He's, he's done it to me. I'm so excited. By the way, I want my foreskin back. <laughs> Um, All I do is win, 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 no matter what. There's a reason. Oh God, there's, why? There's a reason, baby. Why? There's a reason. Why. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? The weather outside is weather. Erroneous. Erroneous on both counts. Oh. Uh, you thought we were thin on the offensive line, right? Those are pretty heavy guys. And I mean, like thin, like as in we were, we were. I hate you. Shut up. <laughs> wow. But damn. You know why, Mister? Because you drove a Hyundai to get here tonight. I drove an $80,000 BMW. That's my name. Where's Logo Girl when you need her? I desperately want to make love to a schoolboy. No way. You just straight, just finger bang their salad. <laughs> you first get shocked, and then you get the shocker. <laughs> Today's episode was brought to you by Topath Rum. Topath Rum, silver rum made from the highest grade molasses. Distilled three times in a copper pot still, this rum is designed to be the backbone of a great cocktail. So good you can drink it by itself. Available locally in Northeast Ohio and in online in 44 states. Topath Rum. Hey, Browns fans. This is your chance to join the company of some of the Browns' all-time greats on the first-ever Browns fan cruise. Picture this. For five unforgettable days, you're sailing across the beautiful Caribbean Sea, reliving the Browns' greatest moments, getting autographs, snapping photos, and celebrating on the beach with your favorite Browns alumni, like Josh Cribbs, Webster Slaughter, Eric Metcalf, and a dozen others. Book now and take advantage of our easy, budget-friendly payment plans on this once-in-a-lifetime, all-inclusive cruise adventure. The clock's ticking, Browns fans. To book your cabin and for more information, visit brownsfancruise.com or call 216-284-6472 today. Browns Fan Cruise, where diehard fans and Browns alumni come together for the trip of a lifetime. Don't wait. Secure your spot today and go Browns! Browns!